on journeys, a man that has been known to be the voice of Woodbine, Dan Lozell, Dan, Dan Lozell, Dan Lozell, Dan Lozell, Dan Lozell. the mahogany tree to talk horses, so don't miss it. It is now 7 p.m. in Barbados. Welcome to Journeys, the live talk show. We are now streaming live on Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. It's a talk show. Journeys. Welcome to Journeys, the talk show. Journeys helps to record the history of local and international jockeys, trainers, grooms, and horsemen who work throughout Barbados, the United States of America, Canada, the UK, and in countries from all over the world. Our weekly talk show, Journeys, is proudly sponsored by mpequine.com, McKee Pownell Equine Services, and Veterinary Care. Journeys is also sponsored by the Barbados Turf Club, horse racing at the Garrison Savannah, and the Barbados Tourism Market in Inc., who is inviting all of our listeners to come and visit Barbados.
This is our ninth episode of Season 2 of Journeys, the live talk show. Today on the show, we're excited to introduce our special guest, the voice of Woodbine Racetrack, Dan Lazelle. Also appearing on our show is Dr. Rafael Gomez from mpequine.com, who specializes in equine reproduction. After our first two special guests this evening, we have an extra special guest, Sir Wesley Hall, the father of host Sean Hall, as he talks under the mahogany tree on Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, at around 8.30 p.m. We invite you to listen in and join us under the mahogany tree at the Garrison Savannah Racetrack in Barbados. Let us now introduce you to our host, Sean Hall, coming to you live from the Caribbean island of Barbados and co-hosted by Leroy Trotman, streaming to you live from Toronto, Canada. And I'm Brett Callahan, coming to you live from our island home of Barbados. Welcome, guys. Yeah, what's going on? Right. Good night, good night, good night, guys. Good, good evening, night, guys. Man. How you doing, big man? Another Wednesday night, buddy. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah, I can Another see that. You're popping out your shirt, man. <laughs> I was living some, living some a, little, a little big here, Sean, huh? Yeah, I mean, the, the guy, come on, Leroy. I like that shirt. I, I look at the hat, Sean. Oh, there. Journeys. Lean into us a little bit, Sean. Yeah, Leroy. Oh, oh, wow. Look at that hat, Jen. <laughs> wow. We're going to have to get that hat to all of our, our previous guests on the journeys. <laughs> they're, they're all in, they're all getting done. They're on, they're on order. I went and checked out the t-shirts today. I got two people working on them for me. So everything is getting done. Everything Ooh. is getting done. And you guys see some of the things that I sent out to you. So we're yeah. working on it. Yes. Excellent work, yeah. Leroy. But yeah, we're is, working is on this, Are we now at setting preliminary orders for Journeys t shirts and hats? You can spread the word, brother. Spread the word. All right. Spread the word. <laughs> All right. So, boys. Yes. We've, how you guys' weekend went? Uh, Everything was quiet here, you know. You guys it's had hot, races, man. right? You it's guys really had... hard in Barbados right now, man. Heat well, hey, don't, don't, um, don't, don't complain. It's getting, it's starting, you know, it's, it's September here, up here right now. So when you see September, the days are getting shorter. You know what I mean? Yes. So I don't want to hear you complaining about hot, Sean, please. Because <laughs> you Canadians that have to listen to you, you know, always seem as though you're complaining about something, you know, and, and the weather is not what we want, something we want to hear you complain about. So Wait, please. I can tell you what, but you hear Bajan complaining about heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's it hot. hot. It's hot. It okay. is hot, man. All right, well, I mean, we Canadians, we Canadians getting, we, we're trying to, you know, stretch this out as much as we can because we our winter jackets and our winter boots are sitting close by and we don't want to bring them out yet. So, you know, let us enjoy the little bit of heat that we're getting up here and you just keep the heat thing to yourself, please. I, when, I, when I was living in Canada, it seems that as the first week of September came around, um, Mother Nature, that is let you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, it, yeah, so we had some like rainfall. That? Yeah, we had some rainfall. We we're kind of mm. getting lucky here right now. We had some rainfall, you know mm. what I mean, which was good. So it helped, you know, our turf course for the weekend. You know, those mm. horses are like a little cut and stuff in it. <clears> yes. Like yeah, that little cut they're looking for. You know what I mean? So 
and we got a big weekend coming up as you, you guys know we're going to talk yes. about that a little bit and stuff like that and when jen comes she can probably give out a, a big tip i don't have no tips to give but I you, never, you, can, you never, you never give them you never have tips to give <laughs> you never have tips to give so don't no. even why would you say that? But I just want to, you know, guys, you always have to let the horses do the talking for you. Ah, I love, I love that. That, that. Do the talking That's for a you. great, I love that excuse. He, you know he wins me over every time. He yeah. says it every week, man. But it's a good one, man. It's good. It travels and, a long you know, way. Listen, and this guy has so much connections. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He has, his connections are like, you're like an octopus. Your hands are in everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you never give nobody a tip. A simple. Yeah. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. See, I can try. See what I can do tonight. I'll try my best. I'm not even adding the S. T I P. Tip. Just one man. Okay. Just one tip. Okay. Just one tip. All right. Well, on that word, we have some guests waiting for us. Yes. And let's get to it, Brent. Okay. Well, we've so got we, Dr. Yeah. Rafael Gomez from our proud sponsors, mpequine.com, McKee Pownal Equine Services and Veterinary Care. Welcome, Dr. Rafael. Hello, Doc. Nice Hello. How's again. it going? Oh, it's good, Doc. Oh, nice to be here again. Yeah. Yes, yes, I like nice your background you, there, Doc. Nice looking background, big mirror with a little, yes. little plant on the side. Thank <laughs> you very much. Just told my wife. Oh, you your wife. Classy. I didn't oh, even right. realize that we had this plan. Smart You're smart. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he said it for the first time. <laughs> Very smart guy, though. Giving the wife all the credit, buddy. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. Yeah. That's all the credit. <laughs> yeah. Very smart guy, man. Great. Well done. How are you? How have you been? Very good. Everything's been good. Did you overhear Sean talking about how hot it is in Barbados? I, I did. I and did, what, I, what would you say to him that you here in North America know our days are getting shorter, Doc? <laughs> I don't appreciate that kind of talking. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you. I got somebody on my side. Somebody. Yeah. Thanks yeah, again, Doc. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we're doing fine. The weather is good right now, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just frightened for what's, what's going to happen in the future. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're getting prepared for that. And it's, it's not nice. No, no. <laughs> we are having um weather heat advisories. Imagine Barbie's having heat advisories. I never heard that before. Wow. It's a, it's, it, I mean, it just tells you that, that sounds beautiful. True. <laughs> 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 we don't want to take away my talking about that. Tell us what's what you're doing today, sir. No, I was just coming here to remind you guys <laughs> about uh, the work that we do in McKee um, Pownal Equine Services. Yes. Um, especially here at Caledon at the rehab and reproduction uh, facility. Uh, I'm in charge of the reproduction part of the clinic. So that's it. I mean, if you have any mares, uh, we offer all kinds of services for mares mm -hmm. from preparing your mare for breeding season. That's going to be important in a few months, uh, yeah. starting them on lights to, to breed them early in the year. Uh, to test things, uh, pre-breeding, and then treating the problem mare. That's that's the key to to any breeding um, program what is mean, getting those mares I pregnant. Mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but what what do you mean um, reasons for horses to give trouble breeding? Can you help me there? Yeah, I mean, a lot of mares, especially thoroughbreds, they like to get uh, uterine infections. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of thoroughbreds, uh, they have a very bad caslix angle. That is basically the angle between the rectal, uh, the rect, the anus, like the exit mm -hmm. of the rectum, and the vulva. Yeah. So they get a lot of ascendant uh, infections. Some bacteria crawl in, and they mm -hmm. set up in the in the uterus, and you never know. Uh, but the only thing that you see is that you get your mare, your stallion is getting other mares pregnant, but these mares, yes. she won't catch and she won't right. catch and she's getting good hits, but she won't catch and she's building fluid and all that stuff. So you need to take action. You need to start doing some diagnostics and treatments, um, like the best treatments that you can to get these mare pregnant. And I'm proud to say that we've been very good at it, especially this season that ended uh, like okay. a few months ago. Um, we got some pretty hard mares uh, in fall. So... Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Is it, is it really a common thing? Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's more common than we thought, that we think, yeah. Uh -huh. it, it, it's pretty common and you can have like an easy infection and you can have like very tough infections in the uterus. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, and it's good to know also to get all the diagnosis because you will get a prognosis too, right? So mm -hmm. you can say like your mare has like 80% chance of being pregnant or you your marriage between 30 and 50 percent chances of have has 30 to 50 percent chances of carrying a full-term pregnancy or even okay. getting pregnant so yeah, i think it's very important um to get good veterinary care uh when you're starting to breed mares mm -hmm. um and yeah and after that just doing the follow-ups pregnancy checks and yes. following the pregnancy like during the specific timings 14 days, 30 days, uh, 45, 60 days. So, so you can, you can be sure, right? Mm -hmm. Every, every person that is, um, interested in breeding, they are investing mm -hmm. a good amount of money and time. So yeah. you, you want to aim for the best results. And that's why okay. we're here to, to help you get those results. Well, that's well, saying that doc, we just had the sale just finished. Yep. Um, you know, a little while ago and it was up 95%. So that was great for the breeder. So, I mean, yep. with you coming on here and speaking a little bit about breeding and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And trying to teach those that wants to get into it after hearing the 95% into breeding and stuff. And we do need more horses in our industry mm -hmm. because our industry is very low in horses right now. So you need for you to come on here and talk about the, 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 the ins and out about breeding and the things that we need to understand. Cause I know there have to be a few young people that is trying to do the same thing, you know, have a nice mm -hmm. mare or something like that, that wants to breed. And if whatever you can teach on here tonight, I mean, we will really appreciate it. And when would we start breeding? Like, for, I know you do a lot of shore horses and stuff like that. How many thoroughbreds and stuff do you look at right now? Right now we're right now we don't we're not looking a lot of uh of uh, thoroughbreds yet mm -hmm. uh we're really looking forward to getting into that um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean back back home back in mexico i had the opportunity to work in uh some of uh in some breeding um thoroughbred breeding facilities mm -hmm. uh one of them i work along with with another doctor where we had like 40 mares mm. uh, that we were breeding all the horses went to the racetrack back back home in Mexico City um, and it and it's a pretty interesting and it's uh, a challenging uh, work for the reproduction guys because you cannot do any uh, assisted reproduction techniques like artificial insemination yes. or embryo transfer everything yes. has to be natural yes. so I have that experience and it's it's challenging but it's I mean it's a great job I mean 
you get to work with the mayors. Um, you get to get them in full uh, early, and then we had to do like the other part, the foaling and taking care of the poles and get getting them to the sales uh, over there. So I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. We since the beginning of um, we started checking like pre-checks in November to see if any mayor had any problems, do some mm -hmm. testings. Then on December, we started them in the lights just to mm -hmm. get them started cycling around. We like to start to check the mirrors around January 15th to January 25th. Mm -hmm. We started checking them and we started the breeding program after February 15th. That's when we started like the season and working with the stallions and getting the, the mirrors so we could have the foals um, closer in the year, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's mainly what what i was doing there's so like everything leroy is talking about we want to get a strong breeding season in for our horses so we want to reach out to all of those people with broodmares or whether they're broodmare for the first time or multiple times we want mpequine.com mckee pownell equine services the company that you represent to yep. lend a gentle assistance in helping these broodmares catch and reproduce at the top rate so that's excellent, and hopefully in future years we'll have more and more thoroughbreds, right? Yeah, hopefully because strong. I love them. Yeah, I love them. I, I love I love the broodmares. Thoroughbred broodmares are great to work with, mm -hmm. and I don't know, just the idea of being part of the process of breeding, like the next champion for me. Yeah, oh yeah, really. yeah. I mean, and you have I to like breed that. the mares to get that next champion. Of course, there. So, of course. That for me is thrilling, just to have the opportunity, and then when you get to see one of the horses that you you bred or like mm -hmm. anything, you 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 get to see them in the in the racetrack and running yes, and getting yes. their best, and it's it's so rewarding. It's yeah, so rewarding. Yeah, I, yeah, I I, yeah. I can't get I can't wait to get back to it. And I think what is you no know, big racetrack guys don't really think of you guys. I did all the hard work. <laughs> we do the easy part we do the yeah. easy part <laughs> we don't think of you guys but we're giving you props tonight dog. You know? <laughs> thank you very much thank I appreciate you very it. much <laughs> like they say starting from the ground up so there's yes. the ground and there we go up yes. right yes yeah yes. exactly. Exactly. well dr gomez let's introduce this little video that we have to show some of the work that you are doing yeah for sure Thank you very much. Shoot. Uh, oh, there's a little technical glitch there. Oh, there. Oh. The tech guy's at it. Technical. <laughs> Hi, my name is Rafael Gomez. I'm an associate veterinarian with McKee Pownell Equine Services. And I specialize in equine reproduction. I'm here to talk to you a little bit about the reproduction services that we offer at McKee Pownell. One of the first things in equine reproduction is the reproductive evaluation of the mare, which includes the fertility assessment of the mare. For this, we usually do a rectal palpation, ultrasonography, and vaginal scoping. We can also do more advanced techniques, techniques like uterine biopsy. Another service that we offer is the hormonal management of the estrocycle. With this, we can synchronize, induce and predict ovulation, or even short cycle the mares. One of the most important services that we offer here is the treatment of the problem mare. This includes the subfertile mares, uh, mares with post-breeding induced endometritis, 
or the chronically infected mare. We do this by performing a series of diagnostic techniques that allow us to have a better prognosis and to create the best treatment plan for your mare. We also offer pregnancy checks, monitoring through pregnancy, postpartum evaluation of the mare, and newborn assessments. We're here for all your breeding needs. Yeah, no. Excellent. Well done, well done. I always laugh at myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we do too. We do. <laughs> I, I, I don't even watch myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either, but I mean, we're sure that's that's a little a, a brief explanation of what we do at at McKee Powell. So yes, if you need anything, don't don't uh, hesitate to contact us. No problem. Well, we also right. want to mention about the mpequine.com contests with journeys where you can win a prize for your horse. You go to mckeepownell.ca forward slash journeys and enter your email address for your chance to win a free equine massage, a free Beamer or PEMF treatment, a free laser race or show tune-up treatment from the team at mpequine.com. And this week's winner is none other oh dear. my brother, oh dear. <laughs> SladeCallahan at gmail.com. The team at mpequine.com will be reaching out to you for your prize. Sure, Kelly's going to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Thank you so much, Dr. Gomez and the entire oh, team. Guys. Thank you. Man. Great to be and here again. So much. Thanks, Great, man. Thanks Hope for having you. Me too, man. Thank you. <laughs> me too. Me too. Especially yeah. swimming with the horses. Oh, <laughs> oh. yes, doc. I hope you're working. And what is thinking to Mr. Pono about that? Getting a yeah. Some sort yeah, of... you do that. I, I think we need it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think it would yeah. be a requirement yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Sean. Sean's got all the contact, doc. You just work on your end, and Sean will work on his end. Sean's got everything covered. Perfect. Okay. And if I'll get to the swimming lessons. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks again. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have Thank a great you. show. Good man. Thanks. All right, All right. guys. Breeding season, boy. Breeding season. You know, yes. never thinking about it. You know, we, we enjoy the racing part of it so much. Yes. You guys race, right? I do, you know, my, yes. my groom started grooming exercise, but we never really nope. The way it started from, you know what I mean? Getting those guys on the ground, not just getting on the ground, getting those mares bred first, yeah. all the stuff that goes yeah. through to get them bred, you know. These guys uh, get no props, man. No, and then sometimes, you know, trying to avoid them, you know, losing those foals and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They're trying to do everything the right way. It's actually quite emotional. Imagine looking after brood mare for nine months, 12 months, whatever. And, I mean, um, yeah, to have a bark or looking after like and losing birth yeah. like yeah That's so hard. shout out to all of those vets that mm -hmm. especially dr gomez for looking after our broodmares yes. and ensuring a stronger breeding season yes correct yes i don't want to talk about breeding right now but let's introduce to us jen oh. Morrison. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting segue. I don't know about that. Okay. Jen, you know, Jen, but for some reason, Brent had that and done that the right way. He used to bring this 
beautiful yellow thing up it's in um you know the pick of the week and he he, he come on brent you're you're I'm slacking, backwards man. you're slacking you're slacking i, I think what happened is jen was was a little off the weather last week and and, and, and you know and brent, brent had a little brain fog you know yeah Right. Well, this week, Jen's coming back with a blast. <laughs> yeah. Jen is coming back with a blast. Oh, still a little under the weather, but I'm getting there. But um, yes. thank you for uh, being patient with me. And Yes. Um, Always would so, be. Well, you remembered me. I don't know about Brett, but I, you remembered me at least. Of course. <laughs> of course. I would never forget you. <laughs> well, we got a great weekend of racing here. Great Super Saturday at Woodbine, guys. Mm. Um Three winning your in races, all grade ones. Wow. Uh, the winners of these races get a free pass to the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland the first weekend of November. So um, we have some real nice horses here. The Woodbine Mile is a, is a very good field of 11. Um, actually, I'll get Brett to, um, first of all, if he can, put up that field box that I sent him. It's just from the overnight entries. But mm. there you see the field for the... $1 million Rico Woodbine Mile, and it is race nine on Saturday, wow. and it's a field of 11, and it's a it's a nice race. Now, remember, these races, uh, you are not allowed to race your horses with Lasix. So yes. uh, those little O's you see there are horses that raced on Lasix in their last start and will now be off Lasix. So no Lasix in the summer, Natalma or Woodbine Mile on Saturday. And then, of course, uh, the winners get a free pass to the Breeders' Cup. Is that, why is that, though? Is that because the European horses don't do it? What's that? Uh, no, it's because the movement in North America for big races, first it started with the two-year-old stakes races. The movement now in North America is to go uh, Lasix-free across wow. the board. So uh, Breeders' Cup is on board, so Breeders' Cup is Lasix-free. And now they said, if you want your races at your track to be part of our you know, winning your in to the world championships, you have to run your races without LASIK. So uh, wow. Woodbine agreed. Woodbine has not made any, um, you know, notice that, you know, racing here is going to go LASIK free anytime soon. But these three stakes uh -huh. races will go, will go LASIK free um, so that uh, the horses that win can go on to the Breeders' Cup. I don't understand the world, though. <laughs> Well, that's a big topic for later. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, back in the day, it was a big thing to get Lasix. I know now they're trying not to, to don't use it now. What's that? I know. I know. Well, you know, um, I guess there's lots to be said for, you know, like I said, the uh, that new horse integrity, uh, horse racing integrity is all about no Lasix. And that's why, you know, a lot of trainers, especially, uh, you know, trainers here at Woodbine are against it. Um mm. Yeah, it's still a big it's a, still a big division, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, Lasix, yeah. for Lasix and without Lasix. So Yes. Yes. Um I but yeah, so yeah, you have to hope that, you know, the weather's gonna be pretty warm here. I know you guys were talking about mm -hmm. I mean it is September for sure and you can feel it in the mornings, but mm -hmm. I think we're looking at thirty degrees with the humidity on Saturday. Wow. So it's not the best day in the world to be racing without Lasix if you're mm -hmm. a horse that tends to bleed, but mm -hmm. um it's a, it's a great field. So I showed you the field. I'm going to show you the favorite in the race. And this is a really, this is a coup for Woodbine to get um, modern games into the field. Um, mm -hmm. If you remember last year, we had the summer stakes 
and the Natalma and the Canadian International on the same day. And trainer Charlie Appleby came in with Godolphin horses and won all three races. Mm-hmm. And he's trying it again. He has horses. Mm-hmm. He has a horse in the Woodbine Mile this summer in the Natalma. William Buick is going to ride all three. Last year it was Frankie DeTori. Mm-hmm. William Buick is going to ride all three. But modern games, if you remember, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf last year at Del Mar, where um, actually the horse that won the summer stakes, Al Bahar was fractious in the gate and was right beside Modern Games in the gate. And they thought Modern Games had also gotten fractious and scratched him at the gate, but then realized that he didn't do anything and mm. they allowed him to run in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf for purse money only. So mm. that all of us handicappers and betters who had Modern Games singled on pick four tickets, pick three tickets, <laughs> we all ended up getting the post time favorite who I believe is still running. Modern Games, of course, won easily, and um, that whole race left a sour taste in, mm. in everybody's mouths for, for quite a long time. But Modern Games is back in North America. Charlie Appleby has uh, carefully planned his schedule so that he will race here. He will try and get the win in your inn and mm. uh, head to the Breeders' Cup mile. So let's just look at his, um, his last race where he ran against a horse by the name of Baid who has never been beaten in nine races and is considered uh, the world's uh, greatest racehorse right now. We're going to watch Modern Games in the Suffolk Stakes against Baid. Modern Games is number one, and Baid is number two, and it's a one-mile turf race at Goodwood. So, Brett, sit in if you can. Roll the thing. Roll the and they're off. A slightly awkward jump, but a fast jump from Bath Rat Leon. So Modern Games is a chestnut in the all-blue silk right along the rail. And Baid, his jockey is wearing the white and blue striped helmet. And he's just behind him on the outside. Worn by Jim Crowley to the outside of Alcohol Free. And then Angel Blur at the rear of the field as they cover the first two furlongs in the Qatar Sussex Stakes. Group 1, 2022, and Bathrat Leon leading the way. Shinded in second. Modern Games around the inside of Order of Australia. Then Alcohol Free to the inside of the 6-1 to one on favourite Bayid and Angel Blur at the back of the field. Heading on towards the halfway stage and the turn into the home straight. Bathrat Leon out in front. Ryusi Sakai out in front by a length and a half. Two and now you'll see Modern Games in third along the rail. Baid is still in the back there with one horse beaten. And finally, Angel Blur. Down the home run, entering the final three furlongs in the Sussex. Bath Rat Leon leads the way. Shadow by Shindit. Order Australia about to be produced by Ryan Moore. Baid on the extreme right, cruising at the moment, as you might expect. Modern Games under pressure at the cutaway. Alcohol free, exploring a run on the far side. Bath Rat Leon uh, just gains a little bit of momentum. Momentum there from the cutaway, leads by two lengths, chased by Modern Games, and here is Baid now, asked the big question on the outside, Baid cutting them back, Modern Games putting up a fight, but Baid, oh, this horse has got gears that other horses do not possess, and it's nine from nine, Baid and a canter, it wins the Qatar Sussex Stakes from Modern Games, alcohol free running on. Baid is just... And if, if you know... Oh, there's our buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. We're going. Just wait. My dog is very impatient today. If you know Baid, if you've watched any of his races, I mean, this horse is, uh, like I said, one of the world's greatest race horses. Monster. They're, 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 yeah, they're comparing him to Frankel. Um, but Modern Games, I thought he put up a heck of a fight yes. there. 
and um, there's no Baids in the Woodbine Mile. Mm-hmm. Now, look, at anything can happen, right? It's his first time uh, on the Woodbine course. Uh, but, you know, Modern Games looks pretty darn tough to beat. But you know what? That's kind of a boring pick. So I'm going to give a three-horse box with two price horses, okay? Because I like the field, and I think that I think there's quite a quite a few uh, price horses that could get into the mix here. So I'm going to use number two as well, Ivar, and this is a horse uh, from um, well, he's from Argentina, Brazil actually, but mm-hmm. he travels around Kentucky. Paulo Lobo trains him. Um, this horse had a little bit of um, a little bit of um, time off the, earlier this year because he had a foot issue, but he was third in the Breeders' Cup Mile last year and um, fourth in the Breeders' Cup Mile the year before. And trainer Paulo Lobo was saying uh, earlier, before he ran in his return race at Indianapolis in early July, that he has big plans for Ivar this year. He's going to run him in that Indianapolis race, which he won and set a course record. He's going to mm-hmm. run him one more time. And then he's going to win the Breeders' Cup Mile. Oh, oh. So, number two, Ivar with Joe Talamo riding. You must consider him in your exactor box with number five, Modern Games. And I would not be the biggest fan and president of the fan club of Mighty Heart if I didn't say that Mighty oh. Heart Pulse is position going to one. get a piece of this, okay? I'm oh. telling you right now. Mighty Heart is going to get a piece of this. I don't know whether he can be in the exacta, but I think you should use him in your superfecta. I think he's going to love a turf mile. And I loved his last race in the mile and a quarter on the turf in the Agra. Made yeah. a good move. Beat some nice horses that day. So I'm giving him a chance to uh, to hit the exotics there. But, you know, he's got a, a big task ahead of him. I'll be cheering for him. But right. number, number two, Ivar, and number five, Modern Games. Uh, the tough ones in the Woodbine Mile on Saturday. That's great because this is a good day for Mighty Heart to, you know, me book sales. I mean, there'll be a lot of people there. There. I know, and I yes. was supposed to sell my book at Fort Erie in the Prince of Wales yesterday. Oh dear, you still, didn't make uh, it. I was still under the weather, and I couldn't wow. go. So. Wow. So yes, I need uh, I need William to run a big race. Uh, yes. Hey, there it is. There he is. <laughs> we want all of our viewers out there to know that they can go on to Amazon.com and do a search yes. for Run with a Mighty Heart by Jennifer Morrison. We want to help Jen get some sales. Yes. Man, you can imagine Jen if um, he comes up big and wins. Yes. Man, oh my God. sales will go through the, roof. go through the roof, man. Yeah. yeah, and then the owners will be bugging me to write us part two of the book. Well, don't <laughs> worry. You you have to write the book with Mr. Tiller. I, you know what? I've uh, I've already I've already have uh, I have uh, ideas for titles, and we yes. have had oh. a brief discussion about it. So great. Boy, I'd owe you guys big time if we started that project. Oh, <laughs> that would be it's great. Conceived on journeys. That's all you have to say. That's it right. That's right. On journeys. Yep, yeah. it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. So. Dan, can you answer a question for me? Why yeah. is um, Roger has horse has to take twenty six, and all the other guys are taking twenty two and twenty one? Oh, Cheryl Spite. I mean, I'm thinking that it's because he won a Grade One. Does that factor into anything? You want a Grade well, One? The horse you just the horse you just was talking about win a Grade One too. He's running like five Grade One races, hasn't he? Um, is oh, it, he did he win though? Did he win? He won, he won a grade one, that horse, doing a kingdom. That was, 
that was two years ago. Who's I mean, does it have anything to do with having won it this year? Okay, mm. I don't know. I'm just. I know. I don't know. Okay. All right. It is a. It is very curious to me these weight things. As someone who is not a big believer in weight, mm -hmm. as okay. you can tell. Yeah. No, I'm just okay. Kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> no, don't go there. And by but the way, then. and by by the way, uh, super sensational is my pick to win the Seaway Stakes on Saturday. So there's Leroy's tip for Saturday. Oh. Patrick Hudson's on super sensational oh. the Seaway. She will look win that, that race. Uh, look, look at that smile. Look at that smile. She will yeah, win that race. Still not saying nothing. He's still not saying nothing, but he's smiling no. away. So we have, we have to talk it. for him. Lord have mercy. I don't know. He well, does very well okay. on the show. He talks a lot on the show. And you know, yes, I know. And he talks a lot everywhere talk. else. He talks a lot about <laughs> and then and then when you send him a message about something in racing, you know, I'll ask him a question, I'll get a one word answer. Oh yeah. no. Oh, very dear. secretive. Very oh, secretive. I I don't Leroy, come on now. You, you know, know you you read the Bible, Sean. It says, "Don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing." You know. Oh, he's quoting from the Bible now. He's quoting from the Bible. Oh my God! <laughs> I, I can't believe it, Leroy. You're going there? The Bible? <laughs> Over horse racing? Yeah. All sinners in the in in in, in the Bible. Well, Jen, we have another friend of yours coming up on the show. How would you like to introduce Mr. Dan Nazel to our show tonight? Well, I'm I'm so pleased because uh, when Sean asked me um, if if I thought that Danny would do it, well, I mean that was just like a no brainer. Oh. You know, the great thing about Danny is not only has he been a friend to me you know, for a long time, 20 some odd years and uh, lots of fun as a track announcer and just a professional at what he does. But, you know, since then, he's, you know, he's a racing fan too. And he's been to a lot of the functions. We keep in touch. Mm -hmm. um, great family guy. And uh, we've just had a lot of fun. And it's, uh, I'm so glad that he's on your show because this show is close to my heart. As you guys know, um, yes. I like to think I've been there almost from the beginning. So um, yeah. let's welcome Dan Lazell, the voice of Canadian right. racing. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Thanks very much. Welcome. Thank it's uh, great, to, great to be with you. Jen, I heard you were sick. Just tell me if you're not sick just in the morning. That would uh, <laughs> <laughs> not just in the morning, is it, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to be like Leroy. No, uh, no. <laughs> That's yeah, a little bit past now. <laughs> well, well, Jennifer's here just a little bit, and she's handicapping. Just a little bit of a story. Uh, uh, we're all in the press box, and Jen Jennifer, her position was right next to my announcer's booth. And it was a sleepy Friday in 1998. We had a bet at the time called the Super 7. And we were talking over lunch. And thinking there's not going to be, there was a carryover, but we thought there's not going to be a lot of people put their money into the pool because it was a sleepy Saturday at Woodbine. <laughs> so we each, we each threw in $20, seven of us, and we picked some horses in the Super 7 and uh, cheered them on. We won the first six races of the Super 7. And among those first six races, only one horse paid double digits, like $12 or $13. 
So we're going into the seventh race, and we have a horse in there called Cracker's Folly. The race was on the E.P. Taylor turf course. Uh, the horse was ridden by Nassim Sanath, and it was, on, like I said, on the E.P. Taylor. And he was last, this Cracker's Folly, at the head of the stretch. And then he started to pick horses off. And I'm calling this race now like it's the Kentucky Derby. And all I can hear outside my announce booth is Jennifer and the rest of the press box screaming their asses off to get this horse. And he won. And as soon as he won, I took my mic off and went up to the press box and high-fived and hugged each other. Now, we're all glued to the toe port, staring at it. We're thinking, you know, only one double-digit winner. We're thinking, if this comes back $10,000, we're each going to get like $1,400 for our 20. We're staring at the toe port. Staring. It pops up $28,000. Wow. Twenty. That's four thousand each. We gave the, we gave the ticket to Jennifer. We never saw her again. No. <laughs> we, gave, we, gave the, we gave the ticket to Jennifer. She went down and cashed it. Brought up hundreds and passed them out to the press box like they were chicklets. So that's my <laughs> wow. Great story. Great story. That's great. You know what I remember? Uh, well, I remember a lot about it. I remember the. And here comes Crackers Folly. Oh, and it's like, it was screaming like it was the Woodbine Mile. But one part I remember the most is that we were, Vicky Pappas is with me, and we were jumping up and down. And of course, the press box being up high like that, you know, you can sort of feel the, the floor vibrating. Well, here comes, and I don't remember if it was Gunnar Lindbergh or one of the stewards came flying around the corner going, what's going on out here? What's going on? And then we're like, Oh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> and, and back back to talking about that race, I was going to take the, that was the eighth race. There was one more race on the card. I was going to bet all the $4,000 I had just made on a horse in the ninth race that I loved. His name was uh, uh, Touch Em All Joey. was trained by some guy named Sean Hall. <laughs> and, and, he, and he wound up finishing third. <laughs> oh, that's my four grand. That's but not far. Touch him on jaw. Isn't that a small world, though? I mean, you've got the program. I can't believe you still have the program, Danny. Uh, it's amazing. I'll never, I'll never make that much money on a race in my life. And uh, <laughs> thought I better keep it. Dan, I'm surprised then that when it came up back in the late, in the mid 2000s, you didn't throw me off the top. <laughs> yeah, I was screaming like I said I was calling it like it was a Kentucky Derby when that horse made his move anyways that was a great, that's a great story but the yeah, question the question I want to ask though you got a bet on the horse you're commentating and the horse that's going to win this race is going to put some money in your pocket how much more passion do you put into that calling that race well I did that time but uh, first of all, I don't pick very many winners. I, I you know, I, I'd get Secretariat beat in the Belmont Stakes. That's how, <laughs> that's, that's how good I am at it. But uh, I, I didn't bet a lot, and uh, and you try not to be uh, uh, to focus on the horse you bet on. At least I did. Yeah. I don't know if I yeah. succeeded in doing that, but but you try and be impartial. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Oh, well, great. Well, before yeah. we, well, one, one other thing before Jennifer. Uh, um, we used to have a thing called uh, Media Announcers Day. We'd bring in members of the media. Um, <laughs> the week before the Queen, we'd, uh, we'd, I'd stand in the booth with them, and we asked them to call a race. We'd give them money to give the, to the charity their choice. Mm -hmm. And so Jennifer has called more than one race at Woodbine. Did wow. you know that? Wow. Yes, wow. Tell us I about know. that experience, Jennifer. What do you Tell remember? Tell us, Jen. 
Yeah, I know. It was great. I mean, you know, I got a five, I think it was a five or six horse field and I was really nervous, uh, but uh-huh. it was exciting. I mean, look at when you watch, it is very, very hard to do. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. I mean, you have to think of things to say and you got to do it fast and you got to yeah. anticipate and all that stuff. But, you know, if you watch races long enough, then you can muddle your way around it. And I was really excited. And I remember having this ridiculous catch line at the end. Um, remember? You remember it. I So I forget who won the race, but I said, and what a race. But what a race call. <laughs> <laughs> she said that in all humility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, so no, it's very hard to do, but lots of fun. I mean, those were the good old days, you know, mm-hmm. uh, charity, race calling, golf tournaments. Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. all the yeah. all the fun stuff, eh? We, we had a lot of fun, Jennifer. Well, I see, well, you on, uh, see you on Saturday somewhere? I hope to be there. Um, uh, yeah, probably. Where are you going to be? And I know where you'll be. Thank you. I was going to say, you know where I am. Oh. <laughs> where they serve, where they serve alcohol. Yeah. When Jennifer, exactly. when Jennifer walks in, it's like tears, you know, with normal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> tell her out too much, Dan. Don't tell her out too much. Keep a little, keep a little bit quiet for her. Yeah. Well, I, well, I want to a... show a little secret, Jen. Yeah. Yes. When we were playing our um, BTMI commercial for the Barbados Tourism Marketing Inc., I want to show a little video of our girl, Jennifer Morris. Jen in backstage <laughs> listening to the BTMI commercial, Jen. <laughs> I had to pull out my cell phone and record it. <laughs> yes, you did, didn't you? Oh, my God. Sorry, Jen. We got to bring it down for crop over, man. She, you know, she, would, she would love that. <laughs> well, I hope Danny has a great time with you guys. You will have a great time, uh, Danny. Uh, wonderful fellows and um i love their show they uh they work hard and it's just grown and grown uh over the first and second season so have a great time i will be watching i just gotta walk i gotta walk the dog if you can see he's now sitting facing the door (laughs) he's so mad right now you can't even i mean he's so mad so I'll be right. I'll be watching on my phone and uh, Danny. But fun Jen, don't forget you. to send a message to all of our listeners and viewers. Give us those tips on, before you walk the dog right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Take I will. For us. <laughs> Thanks will. again, Jen. Thanks, you have Jen. a great day. Thanks for coming. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Yes. All right, man. That was great. Great. So that was a great introduction, Dan. Yes. Thanks yes. for helping out and Ooh. great story. Pick seven, man. Yeah. Oh, that's an experience. And Sean Hall in the last race. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and Sean Hall. That ruined it. I ruined it. Could have been a super it, eight. Eh? Tucked him on Joe. He's a cheap clever, too. I, I'm looking. He's, he was in for 16,000, Sean. Yeah, I, I think he ended up running for like eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, over 29 years, your career went lasted. You call over 55,000 races. Where did you start it? And how well, did you start? I, 
oddly enough, guys, I started in the standard bread business. The, the story go, sort of goes like this. I, my dad did the photo finish in the standard bread side of the business. We had a thing called the Golden Horseshoe Circuit. It was Greenwood, Mohawk, and Garden City Raceway, that horseshoe around Lake Ontario. And I was one of those kids that can never, ever uh, remember not being around the racetrack. I used to go with dad all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I was 15 years old, I was in the press box that summer, and they needed a chart caller. And a chart caller, for those who don't know, takes the positions of the horses through the, uh, through the race, wanks behind the leader, and then it's put in program form so the public will know how that horse raced the last time I, I was doing that as a 15-year-old one summer at Greenwood. Wow. And the, my boss said to me and to my dad, he's really good at this. You know, he could do this full time if, uh, if you wanted to uh, have him do it full time. And mm -hmm. there could be a day with him doing that that he could make $10,000 in a year. He could probably make $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is 1967, boys. Anyways, so uh, I go home and talk to mom and dad and... And they said, if that's what you really want to do, you wouldn't do that, let it, a kid quit school at 15 now. But that was nice. Anyways, the school board wound up coming to the house and saying to mom and dad, you know what the heck you're doing here? You're going to let this kid, you know, quit high school to go to the racetrack. But uh, so I, anyways, I, I, I did go to the racetrack. I um, did the charts, got a job working in the racing secretary's office, taking entries in the morning. So I was... Uh, I was doing two jobs there and uh, eventually uh, got into race calling. Wow. Tyler Gaskin, one of our racing correspondents, says you're one of the greatest voices to call races. <laughs> well, that's great of Tyler, and he's a good guy, and I owe him 100, and that's why he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Tyler had to be doing it for a different reason. <laughs> 100 bucks, Tyler. <laughs> Good one. So, so we can say that over that four thousand, you maybe you've paid a couple guys to talk for you on for the show here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tyler, oh, Tyler got a hundred. Okay, boy. So we need a fifty from Tyler, eh? <laughs> so then, answer the question, Lee. Where I wound up calling harness races before I ever uh, I started calling thoroughbred races. I uh, called my first harness race at uh, Garden City Raceway in St. Catharines when I was seventeen years old, and at the time of they said it was the youngest track announcer at a major racetrack in North America. But I mm -hmm. called harness races for years as their backup announcer. And oh. what happened was we wound up having those races, our major races, on television. And our regular announcer at the time would go down to the television spot on the racetrack and he'd do the color for the big races. So subsequently, I'd go in the announce booth. So even as a young man, I got to call the biggest harness races in Canada. I called two North America Cups, Canadian wow. Pacing Derbies, Maple Leaf Trots, Breeders' Crowns. So as it turned out, I wound up calling the best races in the country in both breeds by the end of the, by the end of the, the you know, when I called it a career. Let's wow. join 1967. I see that. But the, I read that you used to record yourself and then you took it to all the big guys and asked them to listen in for you and give you your tips and stuff like that. So what are the biggest tips that you got? from one of those guys that you took your recordings to? Yeah, uh, I used to have a big reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder that I'd take above the announcer's booth at Greenwood. Our announcer at the time was a guy named Paul Hanover. I'd take the tape down to him afterwards and say, Paul, what do you like? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What should I keep? What should I throw away? Um, 
the biggest thing I learned about, and, and, I, and I've passed this along to any would-be race callers through my career, the two things you have to have to be a decent race caller, must-haves, are accuracy and clarity. If your calls aren't accurate, that's no good. If they can't understand what you're saying, that's no good. So accuracy and, and clarity are the, the two most important things, I think. And, and Leroy, uh, Sean, Brett, when you start calling races, you pick up bits and, you know, you're new at it. You pick up bits and pieces of announcers that you admire, but I think it's imperative uh, to form your own style eventually. It's not, the, yeah, it's, it's not the cover bands that are famous. It's yeah, the original. Yeah. So, original, you know. Yeah. Be Dan Loazel, be whoever you are. But yeah. and, and, and like I said, that natural tendency is to grab bits and pieces off of announcers you admire. But in the end, form your own style. Well, Dan, I just want to interject here. We got a lot of comments coming in from our fans. And uh, one of our comments from Edwin Weeks said, Dan's race calling told the story. Wow. I and think that was quite a powerful yes. comment there. Edwin I, I, also I, I, goes on to say, he loved your tagline when two horses hit the wire together. Say it for us, Dan. Picture time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I, got a, I got a story about that. It's 1986. Uh, I, I called my first thoroughbred race. Oh, this is how I wound up calling thoroughbred races. Uh, I, I'm working in that harness division, like I told you. And one Wednesday at Greenwood, the phone rings in the racing secretary's office. And it's Jack Kenny, our president and Rick Cowan, our vice president. And they said, we want you to come over to the front side. We want to speak to you. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, I hopped in the car, and I drove over to the front side. And they said, Daryl Wells will not be calling races on, on Wednesday at Woodbine, and we want you to try calling thoroughbred races. And this is the way it's going to work. Um, if you don't like calling thoroughbred races, we're going to keep your job open here in the harness division. You can go back. If we don't like how you sound, we'll send you back. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but no pressure give it a shot and and see how it uh, goes and uh and 29 years later uh, it all worked out i called my first race july 23rd 1986 and i remember that for two reasons number one um i was replacing a legend daryl wells who was the yeah. only the only voice that woodbine had ever heard and here comes this harness puck harness puck <laughs> to replace this legend and the other reason I remember it uh, was July 23rd, 1986, was the day uh, uh, Prince Andrew and Fergie got married, and I lasted longer than they did. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. What's that, what, 29 years, Dan? 29 years of thoroughbred. 29. And 19 years of calling harness races. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Peter wow. Gaskin says the best we've ever seen or heard. Boy, oh boy, I owe these guys I, a lot of money. I <laughs> <laughs> look at this one. Our friend Javon Corbin said Dan has the most iconic start of the race. Yes. That they're at the post gave me chills every time. No disrespect to Robert, but I really miss Dan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so kind. He's, a, he's a Barbadian guy, okay? <laughs> well, that's but, great. But Sean. Is it too much to ask uh, Mr. Lazelle to give us one more time to say they're at the post? They're at the post. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. No. That, no, hold on. Again, I, I replaced the legend, and, and, and because out of respect for Daryl, he yeah. started the race with they're at the post, too. 
Oh, and, okay. And out of respect for him, when I started calling the races in July of '86, um, I, I said they're at the post. I may have said it differently, but I wanted I wanted him I wanted to do that in in memory of Daryl, and uh, and so I used that all my career. And the story about the picture time thing. I'm calling races at Woodbine the first year, and I'm treading water, boys. I'm trying to find my way. They move differently. They get entire quarters in harness horses. They go into the far turn. You're looking for a glimpse of a sleeve color or a cap color so you can identify these horses. I'm at a cocktail party one night, and an old trainer came up to me, and he said, you're doing a great job, kid. Let me tell you something, though. I said, what's that? He says, you got to have a hook you got to have something that you'll remember me by. I know you've only been calling these races for a month, but you got to come up with something. Now, I'm really influenced. I want to make an impression. <laughs> I go home, and I, Dave Johnson used to say, and down the stretch they come. And I thought, well, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say something every race. I, don't, I want mm -hmm. it to be. So I'm, I'm trying to come up with something, and I came up with picture time, and I started to use it, and it caught on, and this guy was absolutely right. It's, uh, it's a phrase people remember me by now. And so I'm glad I'm glad I saw him at the cocktail party that night. Is it don't you think it's something like being a singer, a great singer, where you kind of like people remember you by a song almost, you know what I mean? It's basically the same thing. Your voice is like that. You have that great it's almost like if you're a singer, man. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, I agree with you, Sean. And uh Huntington Stud Farm named a horse picture time, as a matter of fact. So uh, oh. and and Bob Tiller's owner, Frank DeGiulio, who owned Pink Lloyd. Um, called the horse announcer Dan too. So we we had a, a couple uh, horses named after me. The, the other the other words they probably couldn't use if they wanted to describe me. What I'm really like. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's been great. Wow, that's great, man. Well, Leroy, you were asking. So Dan started. Was it twelve years in standardbred? You said Dan. Seven. 17. 17. And wow. Leroy, go on from there. Sorry. No, well, I'm doing so much reading on him and, and listening to so much things that he said, you know, and talking about, you know, the great Dan, not Dan, sorry. I'm missing Darrell Wells. Darrell Wells. Yeah. yeah. Darrell Wells, I mean, the boy, his voice alone. He was the Wayne Gretzky of race callers. When I was growing up, I used to watch Daryl call races on CHCH TV channel 11 when I was a kid. Never in my wildest dreams. I'm 10 years old thinking that I'd be the guy to replace him. And mm -hmm. to me, he was Wayne Gretzky. And um, for me to come in and replace him was an honor. And, uh, you know, now I, I, uh, I went to the Queen's Plate. I hadn't been to Woodbine because of COVID. I went to the Queen's Plate uh, on uh, Queen's Plate Day. And walked up in the press box. I didn't know this, but they have a plaque up, uh, a mural of uh, Daryl and me and Northern Dancer because we all got inducted into the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame. Ooh. So wow. they have, yeah, got a mural in the press box right next to the announcer's booth. So I was a little taken aback by that. Um, and a matter of fact, I wasn't really crazy about the mural I said to the boys in the press box. This picture of me, was it right after I had my stroke or was it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well one of our other comments from also edwin weeks said six minutes to six dan would say six until the six yeah, yeah wow. I, I i threw in some 
once once you got comfortable calling the races, and I, I called thoroughbreds there for 29 years. Once you get comfortable calling races, you can say some silly stuff every once in a while. Didn't do it at the beginning, but once the, the public became comfortable with me, you could editorialize a little bit more, tell people how horses are traveling, say something funny in the body of a race um, every once in a while, but always keep in mind that the race is all about the horses. It's not about the announcer. Don't do it all the time. Don't become a comedy act, but <laughs> you know, just have a little fun with it every once in a while to keep things light. Well, Dan, look at our friend Javon Corbin again. He said, as they move in front of us for the first time. Yeah, and that's another thing. I don't know where that came from, but I, uh, any race that went around two turns, I uh, would say that uh, as they move in front of us for the first time. And I oh, hear, classic. I hear people say that to me uh, all the time when I run into them and, and get introduced. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So at 17, St. Catharines was the first place you said you start calling races, right? Yes, that sir. This place. So, you know, describe that feeling to us, though, because in St. Catharines is, I mean, that's like hometown, right? It is, and 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 it was a major circuit at the time, Leroy. We had, like I said, uh, a circuit of Greenwood, Garden City, and Mohawk Raceway. And back then, and things have changed, Leroy, in the business, as you know, um, there'd be 20,000 people at the races on the weekend. It'd take you an hour and a half to get your car out of the parking lot when the races <laughs> were over. So it, it was big stuff mm -hmm. then. And then uh, the lotteries come along and uh, other forms of gambling, casinos and... Um, and now people sit in their bathrobes and bet from home a lot of the time, except on yeah. the big. So it's uh, not quite the same atmosphere during a regular race car. Leroy, you're there every day. You know that. Yeah. yeah. And so that makes me a little sad. But I don't know what the secret to uh, the secret to uh, getting things back to way to the way they were are. I don't know what that secret which, is. Which I don't think it will ever be. But, did yeah, I agree with you. I agree with no, you. Leroy. Did I mean, you, 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 you know what? I've said this to some people that I know years ago, and I don't know how you'd ever get to do this, but the people that really fall in love with racing, they were around it as a kid. And I don't mean 15. I mean they're around it when, with their dad or their mom or their grandmother when they're 8, 9, or 10 years old. That's when they fall in love. That's when I fell in love. And I'm yes. sure you guys, same thing. Yes. Yes. When you're 16, it's tough to get it's tough to get them away from their iPhones and their iPads and yeah, yeah. rest in thoroughbred racing. But boy, oh boy, I, so many people that I know that love the business, they fell in love with it eight, nine, ten years old. And their grandfather or their grandmother or their mother took them to the racetrack. The passion, the passion. The, yeah. I was a, the passion. I, I was a jockey at 14 years old. Were you really? Yeah, yeah. I rode at 14. Ricky Griffith at 15. Pat your husband, I think, 14, 15. John O. Jones, Sam, Sam. All this Start young in Barbados, Brett. You were what, Brett? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, we Barbad start young. Barbadian, and I'm not saying this because you guys. The Barbadian riders are great. I mean, the riders, the Barbadian riders that have came to Ontario, man, mm -hmm. oh man, they're talented individuals. They really, really are. John O'Jones won a Queen's Plate. Yeah. Uh, oh, Patrick's won multiple Queen's Plates, and uh, it's just yes. uh, you guys are great race riders. I don't know whether you have a riding school or what, or just no. the type. The tight quarters of Garrison Savannah teach you how to be a race rider, but, uh, but <laughs> that's others, it. A lot of great race riders came out of Barbados. When we spoke to Jim Bannon, and Jim Bannon said, "Once you come out of the Garrison Savannah, you can ride anywhere in the world." Oh, I agree. So, I agree with him. I even agree. the great Jim Bannon said that. You know me, and, and 
I felt justified. I was saying the same thing for years. Tim's a great friend and uh, a very close friend. I was the master of ceremonies at his wedding, and we still have lunch uh, once every month or two. So uh, wow. great, guy. great, great guy. Great stuff, man. So you guys mentioned you brought up the word Queen's Plate. Yes. Well, the Queen, we did, the Queen had just passed away. You know, God rest her soul. I'll send our condolences to her. And you've you've met her quite a few times, and you've called some races where her were at Woodbine too, also. I, I've never met her, Leroy, but... Oh, you never met her, but because no, but, you were so high up there. Right, yes. right. And I had, stay, I had to stay in the announce booth. I couldn't go down to the walking ring. But I did get to introduce her twice, and um, uh, the most recent being um, 2010, when Big Red Mike won the Queen's Plate, Eureka Rosa da Silva, yes. up yes. after the race, said to Renee Kieran's on camera, I'm going to meet the Queen! <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to everybody. <laughs> Anyways, when the, both those times with the, with the queen coming to Woodbine, I had a script that I had to uh, read as she got in the Landau and came through the stretch to uh, get out of the uh, Landau at, at, at the finish line. And the last time in 2010, as I'm reading this, six floors up, and she gets to about the eighth pole in this Landau, and they are screaming so loud the, the people in the grandstand that I can barely um, hear myself talk and I'm getting choked up and I'm thinking, Danny, Danny, finish this script, finish this script. And uh, so they loved her and, uh, mm. and uh, she'll be missed. And, and she yeah. loved horse racing. Horse racing. Yeah. Yes. Loved. Yes. 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 <laughs> so let's stay on the, the track of Queen's Plate. You've called five triple crown Queen's Plates. Five. Yes. Yeah. And let's let's uh, for the viewers. Let's mention the names with approval in 1989, Investia in 1990, Dance Smartly in 91, Pete Ski in 93, and Wando in 2003. And Leroy, of all those five, um, uh, Wando was the one that stood out for me. He was the people's horse. And when they were when they were loading into the gate for the breeder stakes, I said. Wando, two minutes away from his date with destiny. And they just blew the roof off the grandstand. It was absolutely <laughs> crazy. And, and, the, and the press leading up to that breeder stakes, even though there was four Triple Crown winners before, the press leading up was so heavy that the company asked me to do a, a voiceover for a commercial that they aired constantly on the weekend uh, before the Queen's Plate, but uh, 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 before the breeder stakes. And in the breeder stakes, um, the Samson horse, the Samson Farms had three horses in there, and they ganged up on Patrick. They had mm -hmm. him boxed in. They sent him a little wide through the first turn. I can remember correctly that as they went into the far turn, they had him boxed in, and Patrick took a hold of the chestnut horse and backed them out of the hole, and they came to the quarter pole, and he wheeled them to the outside, and I said, um, you know, Two furlongs away from racing immortality, I think was my line. Well, let's let's not let's hear that. Let's let's. I think we got that, don't we? Have it, Brent. You guys yes, want to go do. in that? Yes. You want to do it in that sequence, Brent? Do you have more than one uh, call of him? Yeah, we have a couple of videos that we will go to, but let's just show the Wando and then come back to Dan for his comments. Okay, hmm. All right. They're at the post. They're off in the breeder stakes. Stritzy. Shoalwater is showing early speed. Parasail has a job to do and jumps out to an early lead on the far outside. Parasail comes on on the outside of Shoalwater. 
Wanda was taken in hand in the early going. Colorful judgment is toward the rail. Then we have Art Goes Gold, followed by Stritzi, who's reserved off the early speed. Then Ballerina's Halo and Tracy's Tonka Toy, 23 and 4 for the opening quarter mile. And they're heading up to the backstretch. It is Parasail, watched intently by Wando as they take that hairpin into the backstretch. Parasail has the lead. Wando is a tracking second. Shoalwater is third, three and a half lengths off the lead. Colorful Judgment toward the hedges. Fourth has six lengths to make up. Then we have Art Goes Gold, Ballerino's Halo, Stritzi to the inside, and Tracy's Tonka Toy. Out on the lead is Parasail. Here comes a Shoalwater to the outside. Now Wando is pinned down on the hedge. Husband's backs away now. And it's still Parasail along the backstretch, leading by three. Shoalwater second. Wando's back in third. Through three quarters and 13 and two. Stritzi starts to make a move toward the leaders. Wando accelerates once again toward the hedge. Landry takes a peek back on Parasail and Wando moves quickly at the fence. It's Parasail by a neck. Wando to the inside is in second position. Showwater is third. Stritzi looms large on the outside. Fourth as they come to the 3 8 ball. Parasail travels well. Wando to the inside is second. Stritzi's coming with a run. Showwater's in there with a big shot. This is wide open as they come to the top of the stretch at Woodbine. Showwater, Parasail, Wando's wheel to the far outside. Two furlongs away from Triple Crown Immortality. Here comes Wando on the outside to take the lead. Showwater is back in second. They come to the final 16th and Canada salutes the Breeders' Stakes winner and the Triple Crown champion. Wando was better than wonderful this afternoon. He was magnificent. Wow. You, didn't have, you didn't have his book then, Leroy. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a thrill. And, and Gus Chickadans, God bless his soul, um, he came back in front of the grandstand, Wando did, and Gus took him by the by the halter and let him in front of the grand and the people just went crazy and husbands wa waving the barbadian flag and it was the, it was a magical day it was a mm. magical yeah. mm. but the tactics in that race eh yeah i mean he was so much the best was he ever wow wow and 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 his trainer i just love mike keel yes and, oh and his wife yes. lou when i retired great people, had, great people. a lovely note uh, about how much they'd missed me and all that and and mike great. got inducted into the hall of fame this year so that's yes. great yes yes great people yeah great people great. wow wow well you know the the great larry collins i mean he's called some great triple crown races and to hear you call yours man that just gives me chills because i mean he's done a hell of a job calling the triple crown races he's calling but you hearing you the hometown boy just doing that it just gives me takes you back. Thanks, Roy. Thanks very much. Takes you back, but I know Brent. You you just hit me with one. I need a back to back one, man. Just hearing Dan's voice again. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me give me something again, Brent, man. That just that got me well, just you know pumped up. Well, coming I, up, I, I want to beg this man to come back and do one more for us. You know, <laughs> you know that that's, that's how that make me feel. So what what you got for me, Brent? The voice we got still the sounds great. 
2013 Woodbine Mile. Before, with wise before, Dan. before you bring that one on, Dan, you want to talk a little bit about this one, the Woodbine Mile? Yeah. Um, my favorite horse of all time was Wise Dan. And, mm. uh, I of called, all time? Wow. Yeah. And I, he wasn't a local horse, but uh, first of all, I liked his name. Was it named Mile. after you, sir? He won the Woodbine Mile in 2012 mm. and in 2013. Both mm. years, he went on to win the Breeders' Cup Mile, and both years, he was named America's Horse of the Year. Mm -hmm. um, story. After I after Wendy and I retired, I had never been to Keeneland because they had always raced when we were racing, so I could never mm -hmm. go there. So I got a hold of Keeneland, made arrangements to go there. And while I was in Lexington, I got a hold of uh, Charlie Lepresti and his wife, Amy Lepresti. Charlie was the trainer of Wise Dan. He's retired. He was retired by then. And he's, I said, Charlie, Dan Lozelle. Oh, he says, it's funny you'd call, he says. We were just listening to your Woodbine Mile call from 2013 the other day. Oh, wow. I, said, I said, I'd like to come out and see the big horse. He's mm -hmm. he's at their farm, retired. He was a gelding. He yeah. said, we would love to have you. Come on mm -hmm. out tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So Wendy and I drove out to uh, Charlie and Amy's farm the next morning. Um, they got him out of a stall. We took him out of the paddock. And I got a great picture of Wise Dan and Dumb Dan together. Wow. Come on, Dan. You got to rephrase that, man. Take the demo day, the excellent <laughs> band, man. The excellent <laughs> band. It was a, I think the race you're going to show, Brett, with a 13 one was a, was a short field, but this horse was so much the best. They could have went around three more times and he was mm. still one. He was wow. so dominant. Yeah. And he set a, he set a course record. And Johnny Velasquez has had a guzzle hold on him, and he said, mm -hmm. "Anyways, that's the thirteen Woodbine Mile." Okay. They're at the post. They're off in the Rico Woodbine Miles. Approval, ex-caper in dimension. They both come on, and it's ex-caper who's closest to the hedge to take the early lead, and dimension runs right with ex-caper. Velasquez takes a hold of the champion wise Dan, who's back in third position. Zah approval to his outside and fourth. Then we have seven, eight lengths to riding the river, and the Euro Invader trade storm Trails this field as they run along the backstretch. X Caper leads it by a neck to Dimension. Wise Dan's just tugging at John Velasquez as they make their way toward the far turn. Zaw Approval is in fourth position and four lengths off the lead. Then Trade Storm and Riding the River. It's X Caper hounded by Dimension through a half mile in 45 and two fifths and watching them go at it is Wise Dan who's just a length and three quarters off the lead. Zah approvals in fourth position, then Trade Storm riding the river as they arrive at the top of the stretch in the Rico Woodbine Mile. And Johnny Velasquez gives the green light to Wise Dan, and his response is instantaneous. And Wise Dan has taken the lead, and they come to the final furlong. Zah approval in a full-out drive in second. Johnny hasn't moved on Wise Dan. Wise Dan 
Here he is, the titan of the turf, the sensational Wise Dan. Zah approval was second, Trade Storm third, and Riding the River was. Brilliant. Wow. He was uh, he was a special horse. He had the heart a heart the size of the grandstand. And uh, anyways, I just thought he was a pretty special animal. That's all. Special animal with a special caller given the call in the race. I've had that, that that race because he was American based. Um, mm -hmm. Probably I've heard more about that. I called him the Titan of the Turf at the end of it. I don't know where that came from. And mm -hmm. uh, and lots of videos that I've watched since he retired. Um, they've called him the Titan of the Turf. So that sort mm. of stuff that sort of stuck. All right. That's great. It's like the advice you were given. You have to have that catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. And uh, and I, like I said, I hadn't planned on saying that. I don't know where it came from, but uh, I've worded it out and it, and it uh, I've, I've heard people comment on it a lot since then. Yeah. You know, well, Brent, another one of your. Go ahead, Leroy. No, Brent, you give us one, you give us two. You got to have number three. I think this is one of Dan's favorite ones, the 2014 Queen Split. Oh. Uh, so play that. And I'll, I'll tell you why it was famous before you play the race. Um, mm -hmm. So it was. I retired in 2015. But when I did this Queen Split in 2014, two people knew I was going to retire, maybe three. Tom Durkin, who's a close friend of mine, him, he had retired in 2014. We talked about me retiring the next year. So when I called this Queen's Plate, I knew, and nobody else did, maybe Tom and my wife, Wendy, that it would be my last Queen's Plate. Um, and uh, Mark Cassie had start, is a friend of mine. I saw him last week in Saratoga when I was down visiting Tom Durkin. Um, Mark Cassie had started many, many horses in the Queen's Plate, and he had never won it. Mm -hmm. And Lexi Lou uh, was in the Queen's Plate, and so it was my last Queen's Plate, and Luckily enough, Mark won it. Uh, a friend of mine, Mark, won his first Queen's Plate. And oddly enough, the last race I ever called on May the 31st, 2015, uh, was called the Lady Angela Stakes, and Mark Cassie won that as well. So he, wow. called my last, he called my last Queen's He trained the winner of my last Queen's Plate, and he trained the winner of the last race I ever called. So Wow. Memorable. Lexi great. Let's take a look at Lexi Loop. They're at the post. They're off in the Queen's Plate to the roar of the crowd. And we miss Artie Gutaway in 15th. And it's Coltonus Prime for the early lead. Asserting Bear is trying to be wrangled back who's keen between horses. To the outside is one destiny. Heart to heart is in that early mix as they move in front of us for the first time. And Asserting Bear has the early lead. Coltimus Prime is on the inside. Second, Majestic Sunset to the pace in third. Cap in hand is also with that first flight. Then we have Mano Bear in fifth position and Heart to Heart is sixth. One Destiny is seventh and Lions Bay is eighth. Then Alexi Lou and Matador, Tower of Texas and Amiz Holiday. 
back to We Miss Artie, who has two beaten, Athenian Guard and Negon Express. And the half was in 47 seconds. That's a respectable pace. On up the backstretch. Less than five furlongs to go. And it's Chantel Sutherland Cruz with a surting bear off the rail and in front by three quarters of a length. Jesse Campbell and Coltimus Prime at the rail in second. Cap in hand is third, heart to heart. Gets a little nudge now from Eureka Rosa da Silva. Takes over third. Cap in hand, tails off. And the Oaks winner, Lexi Liu, is about to make her presence felt. And We Miss Artie starts to unwind from the back of the pack as they come over to the quarter pole. And it becomes a test of courage in the final quarter mile. And here comes Lexi Liu. And We Miss Artie is closing on the outside. Lexi Liu asserting bear. We Miss Artie diving inside is Amiz Holiday. And Lexi Liu has taken the lead. They are in the last. 16th of a mile. The Philly was fabulous this afternoon. Lexi Lou wins the 155th running of the Queen's Plate. Amiz Holiday was second, and Asserting Bear was third. After that race, um, uh, Mark come up to the press box, gave me a big hug, and uh, uh, talked to the press. But something happened in that race that had never happened to me before. Around the far turn, when I went to, when I said Lexi Lou is about to make her presence felt, uh, I should have mentioned it before you listen to the replay. There was an explosion from every female in the grandstand, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 I'd never heard that in the body of a race. Coming through the stretch, a lot of people get loud. But yeah. when I mentioned her name, making her move midway of the far turn, they just went crazy. And uh, wow. and luckily she. Uh, uh, again, Leroy, you weren't you weren't the man when Patrick won that play. <laughs> I mean, you could be a rich man, Leroy. Yeah, I know. I was I was the assistant trainer for Reed Bick, and when I see Chantel swing for home in front on our horse, I was getting a little, you know, happy there for a little bit. For a little when, bit, when, you know? when I was watching the race, I, I thought to myself, Leroy had an interest in this horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got, I got a happy feet there for a little bit, you know, but hey, that's how it goes. You well, Dan, we got. Our, we actually have our commentator from the Barbados Turf Club, Dean Springer, that we were talking about earlier, oh, asked yeah. you to. Is it true that you would lean out the window while calling races so you could see them coming around the turn? Well, well thanks for the question, Dean. And and the, the Woodbine Turf Course, the E.P. Taylor Turf Course, is the only turf course in North America built outside the main track. They mm-hmm. built it. Uh, they built it after the fact. So they're great races to watch, mm-hmm. great theater, but difficult races to call. So where my announce booth was situated, I had to lean out the window. And, <laughs> and basically from the head of the stretch till about the 16th pole, all that's coming at you are horses' heads and jockeys' heads. And you lose a little depth perception because they're coming straight at you. You're saying to yourself, at least I am. Is that horse in front by a neck or a length? Your, your depth perception is tough because they're, like I said, coming right at you. And the races that go, like the international, where they're climbing up to the backstretch, you're looking at horses' asses for the first half mile. And yeah. uh, so, like I said, great races to uh, to watch, great theater, but but difficult races to announce. Well, we got a few comments from our fans that are listening in. One guy said he's so excited. Good night. This show is going to be epic. 
<laughs> and he loves a new segment under the mahogany tree. That's a new segment, Dan, that you can take a look at a little later. Okay. Um, we got Ali Maynard. Great job, guys. Um, good night to everyone. And we were talking earlier about modern games. What a classy horse. Oh, I know Haley. Yep. Yeah. That's from our friend <laughs> Haley Morrison. Yeah, she, she's a sweetheart, and uh, I think this horse is going to be awfully tough on, on Sunday. And uh, um, I, I wonder, you know, I, I, he'll be odds on. That's my guess. Mm. Odds yeah. on favorite. Yeah. yeah I, I think so. Um, we also had some other comments. Um, from Tyler Gaskin, his first winner at Woodbine was the Dan Lazelle Picture Time. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, Tyler is a he's great around the jocks and he's a great guy. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you guys are you, you have a fabulous show, and I'm not saying that to be. Uh, uh, I, I when when Brett asked me to come on the show, I uh, went back at a couple and looked at a couple episodes, more than a couple, and mm -hmm. you guys are really entertaining. You're, you're doing a fantastic job and. I hope it's recognized by your sponsors and uh, because I know the people that I've talked to about the show love it as much as I do. So congratulations, guys. Thank All right, you. guys, Thank you, you got to make cut this segment. <laughs> we need to take that little 10 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. No. That was it. <laughs> okay. okay, Dan. Dan. Okay, Danny. Okay, Danny. Bye. Okay. <laughs> so, Dan, earlier you mentioned Tyler, you paid Tyler 100 bucks. <laughs> to, to, to see what he said. How much did Brett pay you? <laughs> oh, he used the same old expression, Leroy. The check is in the mail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And also, we, we have something here. I got to ask. Um, we heard that you used to, used to have a lot of fun with Emil Ramsamy. Because I know he used to do his hair in all kinds of different ways. Tell me some more about that. You want, you know, I, he was a great speed rider. He loved, I always thought he could really keep a horse alive on the front end. Yeah. But Jennifer had mentioned this to me once. I'd totally forgotten about it. Um, he was, he had won five races uh, one day. And as they came through the stretch, I said something like, uh, grab the phone and call your mammy. That's fine <laughs> for Emil Ram Sammy. <laughs> the place just... Uh, <laughs> So, uh, is Emil still riding at Fort Erie, Leroy? Yeah. Is yes, he yes. Riding? He won one, I think, last month. The last something late last month, he did win one. But he's still having his little fun, trying to, you know, keep keep. Tyler remembers. <laughs> Ask him, out, get on the phone and call your mommy. That's six in a row for Emil Ransami. And it all rhymes, man. It's all rhyming. <laughs> there is one, there is one to a thing. Um, Jesse Campbell had win, I think, four that day. Yeah. And you mentioned something about he's so hot, they they they, they named a company after him. So they it was named, Campbell's they, they named the soup company after him. The soup company. <laughs> there you go. That was it. <laughs> like I said, like I said, guys, earlier, you know, and it's it's great that you remember that and, and a lot of fans do, but you, you don't want to do that every day or yeah. every second day. You don't want to become the show. The horses yeah. are the have yeah. some fun, spice it up a little bit every once in a while, but don't become a comedy act. That's not what it's about. It's, uh, but, Dan, this one has to be one of the best. Who needs a satellite when you got cable? Where's Tyler writing these all down? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like you, know, you say, I, 
one one I can remember Julie Bell called me, right? Julie Bell was our stakes coordinator and yes. she, her 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 dad passed away, John Bell, who used John to Bell, uh, great had, man. had David Clark's horses. Uh, mm-hmm. was David Clark's agent and uh, and uh, she called too. right after the race one day. I David Clark was trying for his sixth win uh, of the afternoon. He had won five and as they came to the wire, I said, it's not the Dave Clark five anymore. It's the Dave Clark six. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, and he won the sixth race of the day. So like I said, though, uh, and I'm repeating myself, but you can, you can have a little fun, but just don't get carried away. That's all. But Dan, the same time, Dan, listen to what our friend Jennifer Morin just says. This horse is staying longer than a mother-in-law. <laughs> Almost little. How do people remember these comments, Dad? Because I guess, the great Donald Zell, man. I guess it must oh. the great Donald Zell. Accurate, entertaining, informational. I mean, informative, original, <laughs> and understanding. Like a dog on a pork Jennifer chop. Morrison, like a dog on a pork chop. I would use the word closing in front of the word like there. So closing. Oh, closing, closing like a dog closing on like a pork chop. Closing like a hungry dog on a pork chop. Okay. All right. Or, or Jen, yeah, the next time, please. <laughs> that's, the pa- that's the passion, though, Dan. And that's what you brought to us as racing fans. Tyler is going again. This horse is tougher, than, is than, tougher than a night in jail. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what has me more surprised than anything guys? Listen to Dan, his little clips now. His voice still sounds like he still yeah. should be working. How yeah. a guy like yourself retired when you know you still had a lot more years left in you. Well, thanks, Sean. That's nice to say. But so part of the, my wife worked there. Um, for 37 years, and I worked there uh, between the hardest and the thoroughbred for the same company, 48. So between the 48. two of us, yes. we worked there 85 years. Wow. 85. Wow. wow. So um, during the racing season, my, my wife was the uh, senior manager of uh, social and corporate responsibility. So the Ontario Jockey Club that became Woodbine Entertainment, they donated a lot of money to the community. And my wife's budget was where that money would be allocated. So during the racing season for eight months, um, she would work Monday to Friday and I would work the weekends. So we just sort of waved at each other for eight months a year and did that for a lot of years and just decided a couple things, just decided it was time to call it a day. We retired on the same day. And the other thing was I wanted to get out before I lost it, before people Mm. were saying, Lozell should hang up that mic because he sucks. And you know, we were, maybe they're saying that anyways, and I just didn't hear it. <laughs> well, but, but I wanted to get out before I lost it and, uh, re- you know, just retire on top, so to speak. So that was the, that's, that's why we did it when we did it. Wow. Well, you did retire on top, but I mean, us as the guys, the passionate guys in the game, just hearing your voice again with those three races. I mean, I can listen to your voice over and over and over. That's the passion. And when I'm talking about race callers, I mean, I want to call a couple names here. Ken Milton, Larry Collins, John Dolly, John Henry. And for me, the great Tom Durkin. Tom Durkin is a uh, Tom. I am closer to Tom Durkin than. Uh, so, so this is what happens with all the announcers in North America. 
at, at the at the big tracks anyways before a big race the queen's plate for me um the kentucky derby for uh, travis stone uh we we contact each other text and say kick ass or have a great mm -hmm. race and mm -hmm. after the race is over great job larry great job travis great job john those are all these guys are all friends of mine and uh so i'm still in touch with them i still speak to larry um i, I got a text from john dewey on queen's plate day uh so we they used to have a thing called all-star announcers day i don't know if you can mm -hmm. remember that leroy brett uh sean mm -hmm. when, when breeders cup was one day they used to have a thing called all-star announcers day they'd fly in maybe half a dozen announcers from racetracks in north america i got invited to six of them and we'd call a race the day before breeders cup and all us guys would get together and call the race and uh and then have a little party afterwards mm. um but uh you know to call races for me at uh, belmont park and i would never been to churchill downs for a derby we always raced on derby day i could never get mm. there yeah. but um I, I i coming around the media bus to go over to churchill downs and coming around the corner and seeing those twin spires and thinking, man, I'm going to be calling a race at Churchill Downs in an mm. hour's time. And for the rest of my life, um, you know, I can say I called a race at Churchill Downs. And to me, that's like saying to a kid who plays baseball, how'd you like to play a game in Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium. Mm. To me, that's what it was wow. like. Wow. The so we're in touch. We're in touch and I'm still in touch. But I'm closer to Tom than anybody else. He has a house in Tar Saratoga Springs. I went down last week. We uh, golfed. Um, he gives Hall of Fame tours in Saratoga, so I went over and did that. And we went to the races one day and sat in a box, went up to the penthouse booth and saw John Embriel and uh, and um, uh, went to some bars and had some libations. So it was a great time, and, and we stay in touch. It's so great that you all stay in touch Yeah, coming from the same caliber of um, announcers. Yeah. It's great. So, so Daryl Wells, you had to take over for Daryl Wells. Yep. And we got so much accustomed to hearing him. No, oh, you know, we too. didn't hear him as much as because we came up. A lot of our guys came up in the nineties, so we got right. to hear a lot. But then we came to listen to you. And coming from Barbados, I think that we had some great horse callers in Barbados that we got excited about. Would you guys say that? Yeah, Mike Goddard and Dave Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we those came, guys. we came into Canada and we listened Kelly to Walker. Daryl, and then we had to listen to you. And then when we hear that you were retiring, I mean, it made a lot of us sad knowing that having the other guy that's coming behind you, he has to fill your shoes. And you're to us, and to me, I used to say, your shoes were pretty big to fill. So here's yeah. the guy coming from Australia, right? Is, he, is uh, Robert from Australia? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, with that, that accent and yours that was left a stain in us that we We'll never forget. Just hearing it again, it just brings us back to the 90s. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're so you know kind. I mean? Thanks very much. Robert's doing a great job. And he's, his calls are accurate. I think uh, I think Woodbine has embraced him, and justifiably so. And uh, besides being a good race caller, he's a great guy. So, no, def definitely. Yeah, and I and I think Woodbine, like I said, have embraced him. And, and, uh, and yes. right with him. Right but it's just that first that first part yeah. of when he just came in you know what i mean you're you're here's dan walking away and here's this poor guy coming in mm -hmm. to take the pressure that we love so much and that's well, how i felt replacing daryl wells <laughs> mm -hmm. daryl wells was the voice of racing and he, like i said to you earlier here comes this harness punk, punk mm -hmm. in to replace daryl wells mm -hmm. like what the hell are you doing here kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh but uh but you you make your own mark and and people don't like change 
they don't like change. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get when you get familiar with a voice like yours, you know what I mean, and hear the way you right. did things, it would it, it wasn't easy. But I mean, this guy is coming. I mean, we've all embraced him now and the right. job that he's done. But how did you welcome this guy in? I I wasn't involved with the interviewing process when I announced my retirement. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, there was like thirty resumes on wow. the payments human resources office wanting to be the next announcer, and some of those people. To be quite honest, didn't know a mane from a tail, uh, <laughs> um, but um, Robert was one of them, and uh, they flew a couple people in and asked me to sit with them and have lunch. And uh, he was just a totally impressive guy, and mm-hmm. still is. And 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 he cares about the sport. And um, uh, you know, they asked That's my very important. Yeah, and they asked my opinion. I, I wasn't the decision maker by any stretch of the imagination. But I said, this guy's solid, you know, and he, I'd listen to his races. He's called races in Hong Kong, uh, so he's got some international. He couldn't mm-hmm. wait to call turf races again, where he was mm-hmm. calling at uh, Emerald Downs and at uh, the racetrack in New Mexico. Um, they didn't have any turf races. So he was uh, he was uh, happy to come to Woodbine, and, and Woodbine should be happy to have him. No, we are. We are. He does a great job. I must say he does a very good job. But, yeah. you know, again, you know, having to fill your shoes, that wasn't easy, right? And the poor guy has done it. You know, Thank somebody you. mentioned earlier about it giving chills. But when I heard picture time and you said those words, Dan, it wasn't yeah. the recorded picture no. time. When you said it, I felt the hairs on the back oh, yeah, of my neck. Yeah, yeah it's, it happened to me too, Ooh. man. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. And, and I can guarantee there's a lot of guys that they're saying the same thing. You know what I mean? Just hearing mm-hmm. his voice all over again. You know what I mean? No, I, one thing I, I could say, I could cherish. I mean, my first six minute in candle with Social Charter, I always remember that call. And it was brilliant, man. And have, you, have, you, have you got a tape of that call just out of curiosity? Yes, so, I do, of course. You do, eh? What year was that? Send it on to him, Sean. Huh? <laughs> what, year was that, what, what year was that, Sean? Um, that was um, 1999. 1999. Yeah, that was my second year. Well, that was the year, year after Touch Em All Joe. Yes. That's one of the first horses I would have claimed when I came to Kansas. I was about 98, is right. And 99, I won the Eclipse Stakes with Social Charter. Well, fantastic. Who wrote them for you? Patrick Husbands. Of course. Why did I have to? (laughs) Again, again, at that time, Roy didn't have his book. Leroy, Dan's rubbing it in, man. Yeah, that's okay. I have his book now, though, Brent. That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. I have it True. now. And you got two riders in the Woodbine Mile, right? Yes. There, there right. you go. How there come you didn't mention that? Leroy, by the time they, Leroy, by the time the year is out, you're going to have more money than Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> wow, oh. that would be great. Don't let Sean know because he might need a loan and I got nothing for him, Dan. And, <laughs> and we were having a talk earlier today about this guy, Leroy Trotman, how he doesn't give us any information. And you just told us he has two riders in the mile. We didn't, yeah. talk, we didn't know that. He's, he keeps it He keeps it tight to the vest. Doesn't oh, he doesn't, he, doesn't want to let you, he doesn't want to let you guys in the door. No. <laughs> that, and you see you see how you have your your way at they're at the post yes. and what was the other one your catchphrase your catchphrases yeah. my catchphrase is an agent to, to these guys is let the horses do the talking for me I yeah. got you. I got that's you. that's my catchphrase i let that's the horses do says. the talking for me are they bugging and, you all the time for tips Leroy? all the time all the time, all the time. 
all the time. And you know, but nothing works, Dan. <laughs> Dan, I'm I'm here in Barbados watching races, and all of a sudden I see one of Leroy's guys win at thirty to one, forty to one. And you say and that's I said, son guy, of I said this guy was on the show Wednesday night, <laughs> and he didn't even say to the people. Boom. You know, I may have a shot here. He just and look at him. See how he's sitting there now. Look at his teeth, like he's got like, on his face. Look at that smile. <laughs> That's that's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, these guys should pick on somebody their own size. You don't think so, Dan? <laughs> so, you're, so, you're mar so you're married, Leroy? No. You're not married? Okay. I was going to no. say, do you keep secrets from her, too? No. <laughs> and, hey, like I said to them before, I, I made a quote from the Bible. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. <laughs> gotcha. I gotcha. I, I understand completely. There you go. I never go. heard that quote from the Bible. Are you sure that's a quote from the Bible? What, okay. what what chapter, Leroy? What verse? I'll, I'll pick it up and I'll bring it. It's in Proverbs. In Proverbs. <laughs> All I'm, right. sure, I'm sure you're just saying that because it sounds good. You know who would help me out there? Edwin Weeks are listening to the show. Edwin, would you pull up that in Proverbs, what chapter and everything and help me out, bring it to these guys? And listen, <laughs> glad you said that because today is Edwin Weeks' birthday. So we got to shout out to Edwin Weeks, man. Oh. One of our faithful listeners. Sean, birthday, Edwin. When was the last time you two guys were in Ontario? Out of curiosity. Um... I was 2018 for me. Um, 18? I, I came out 2019 for me. 2019, Brett. Yeah, good. I, I, I was I was in Toronto just before Mrs. Sobert died. Um, mm. So either 2018 or 2019, but COVID has um. Yeah, slowed a lot of people down. Yeah, you know, nobody. I haven't tra I haven't traveled since uh, March of 2020 when COVID just, just started, and uh, yes. we're, we're going to go to Las Vegas next month just to. Oh, nice. The, the Toronto, I'm not a big Maple Leaf fan, but the Toronto Maple Leafs play one game in Las Vegas all year uh, this year, and it's October 24th um, next month. So we're, we're going to go to Vegas and uh, go to the Leafs and Las Vegas game and do a little cool. gambling. Maybe maybe a little alcohol might be involved too, Leroy. <laughs> but Dad, then, are you, do you know about our runs here in Barbados? Are you familiar? I know that Barbados is famous for rum. Yes. It's fun. I was listening to a show you guys a couple shows ago talking about rum, and I went into the liquor store two or three days ago, and I thought, so I'd like to make a rum punch. I should pick up a bottle of rum, make a rum punch. And so I had a rum punch. But, so you guys are talking me into you're going to make me an alcoholic. Well, <laughs> But we, we were listening to that race. We were listening to that race earlier there with Jen. Jen brought us with that horse that she's picking. And there was a name yeah. of the horse. What was it? Um, no alcohol? Oh, was that, alcohol yeah. free or? Alcohol free. Alcohol free. But Dan, I want to pivot I want to pivot back there when you asked those two guys about when last they've been to Toronto. And they told you. But Dan, what happened? I got two mug shots of them at the airport. And they're not allowed back in. <laughs> well, Dan, just to lighten, Leroy, <laughs> to lighten Leroy's fun, coming up in October, I'll be coming to Toronto, so I might catch you before your trip to Vegas. Oh, that'd be great. So, And you're coming to Toronto for Leroy's what? Uh, just to rain on his parade. I want to oh, get yeah, to yeah. his tips. He's, yeah, he's gonna have to disguise because I have those mug shots of him at the, at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Do these guys ask you for rooms or anything like that, Leroy? When you're I'm not putting them up, Dad. Sorry, I'm not <laughs> oh, putting yeah. them up. 
No, nope. no pussyfooting with you. You told no, me. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The big, the big man doesn't seem to be too happy with us. What's going on? You know what? <laughs> they good friend Tyler. I'll ask good friend Tyler to help them out. Okay. okay. <laughs> since he has a since he has a hundred dollars from you, maybe you know <laughs> we can stretch that hundred dollars a little bit and find him someplace at Tyler's place. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. No man. Well, we got a few more comments coming in from our guys. And as I mentioned to you in an email, Dan, might have been able to get you here to do a race call, but we got one of our trainers from and the Barbados Turf Club here scrolling through. Hope we can get Dan over to Barbados on holiday and guess call a few races in the winter. But I got to let John Mark know. I already asked. But yeah. As so, your story, you've made a promise and a commitment with your friend Tom Durkin. Well, when we were both discussing our retirements in 2014, I was down to his place then. We golfed and, and, and that he said, I'm going to announce my retirement and I'm going to retire uh, on the second last day of Saratoga in 2014. He said, are you getting close? I said, well, Wendy and I were talking about, it, I think maybe in 2015, the year after you. And he said, uh, I'm not going to, I've made up my mind that when I call my last race at Saratoga, um, it was the spinaway stakes. He said, that's my last race. I'm never going to call another race after that. I'm not going to do any guest shots. And I thought to myself, and I said to him that day, you know, I think that's something that I'm going to do too. If you're going to do it, I think I'm going to do it too. So since I've retired, I've got calls from other racetracks asking me to come in and uh, be a guest announcer. And uh, I just politely declined. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm done calling races. And um, so I, I I'd, I'd love to uh, visit Barbados, but um, yeah. uh, to call races isn't going to happen. To be quite honest. But on that note, Dan, when they were doing the race day with Lex, I think it was Lex Liu or, or Wando, I can see a bit of your face on the side in, the, in my shot here, and I can see your mouth was going. You were calling the last quarter of a mile of the race. I, I caught you doing that. So, you know, you still got, a, you still, you still got that itch. <laughs> Wendy says my mouth is always going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting to see you doing that because I saw a little really piece. Is. Yeah, I can see a little piece on the side there, and I said, "Look, there, Dan has still got the itch for it." <laughs> and it's funny when I listen to uh, great race calls that I great race, like one of the great race calls that my favorite race call of all time was uh, the, the Breeders' Cup Classic between Ali Sheba and Ferdinand Shoemaker Road. Uh, uh, Ali Sheba and our Shoemaker Road Ferdinand and Chris McCarran Road Ali Sheba and. When I when I listened to that replay and, and Tom's line at the uh, at the finish was and the two Derby winners hit the wire together in a mm. photo finish in the world's richest horse race. I and and I can I can see myself mouthing the words when Tom, <laughs> when Tom's bringing the wire at Hollywood Park. Yeah, I saw Sandy Holly on your show too, and he was really great. He's uh, yes, he was with Brian's ambassador. I, I got a little story about. You're Sandy. good friends with Sandy, aren't you? Yeah, he's good. We we go out to dinner every once in a while. I was invited to his wedding uh, in Lexington. Couldn't make it because Wendy had pneumonia. But mm. uh, little story, Leroy, um, yeah. Sean, Brett, yeah. uh, Sandy, and I are at dinner one night. Um, we golfed and and uh, we're at dinner, and I can see a guy looking at Sandy and I think and he, he recognized who Sandy is and he's staring and staring. Finally, the guy comes over to the table. He said, you're, you're Sandy Holly, right? Sandy said, yes, I am. He said, oh, 
you're one of the greatest riders of all time. I cashed so many tickets on you at Woodbine and Greenwood and Fort Erie. It's just such a pleasure to meet you. But Sandy, he said, I want to ask you a question. Did you ever ride Northern Dancer? And Sandy said, no, but I did ride the Dancer up north once. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Sam that was a funny one. <laughs> great great. He was great on your show. And he, you can walk, it takes 45 minutes to walk across the grandstand with Sandy Holly. Anybody mm -hmm. that stops him, he gives them their undivided attention, his undivided, undivided attention, looks them mm -hmm. straight in the eyes. He's not looking over their shoulders mm -hmm. for an exit, an exit strategy. He'll talk mm -hmm. to them as long as they, he's just, everybody loves yes. him. And, and they should. He's a great, it was a great writer and he's a great human being. It's quite funny. You're saying it took you 45 minutes to walk from one side of the grandstand to the other. <laughs> right. Because anybody that stops Sandy and Sandy stops and he doesn't say, I got to go. I, I got to go. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me. I'm, I'm in a hurry. He, he gives them his undivided attention, looks them right in the eye and, uh, and uh, great man. Great man. That's oh, such you know, a shame that they parted ways or um, Sandy's no longer an ambassador working. Or yeah. Woodbine? Yeah, that's correct. And he's living in Lexington with his wife, Carew, and uh, golfing with McCarran as often as he can. And Wow. Uh, he's, he's with the uh, the Jockey Club Fund raising uh, money for disabled riders. So uh, Sandy always oh. comes on top. He'll be okay. That's no, great. That's one thing I said, though, one thing I said, from the time we came to, you know, I'm going to say we had Ricky Griffith and Chris Griffith, all those guys. They always had great things to say about the great Sandy Holly, how a nice a human being he is. You know what I mean? He is. Really he's great. A, he's a special guy. He really yeah. is. You know, and that's the one the thing I want to say for our game now. I mean, the game that we love so much and the passion and, and the stuff that we had in our game, those are the things that are starting to miss from our game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's the one thing. It's it's all about the dollar in the game now. It's all about, you know, I know, yes, he's winning races, and I always say that, you know, horse racing is our is our game and winning races is our business. But the, the, those guys that, you know, brought that, how, how can I call it? That greatness the to the passion. game. Yeah. Passion, yeah. Not just the passion, Brent, but yeah. the greatness, the, greatness. the love. The human, the, the human like thing. You know what I mean? You're yeah. humans, you know? Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. To yeah. the game like yourself, Dan, you know, well, it, that, that's one thing that our game is missing because the younger generation needs those kind of guys still in the game mm -hmm. they, they need role models yeah the road yeah. models that's yeah. that's what i should say thank you that's yeah. the perfect road models yeah. you know me because i mean in today's game we got a lot a lot of nice young writers in it we got a, a lot of nice young trainers you know still coming up but the that road model is is missing from the game i understand we right i understand you know what i mean and that's the one thing that i feel you know sad about our game right you, you right. know, and, and we need we need that back. And to say like an ambassador like Sandy Holly that you say would spend the time to mm -hmm. talk to you, you know what I mean? We don't have that anymore. And they should try and bring that back to the game a little bit. That's the one thing if we can bring back, we'll love to see. Another great role model at Woodbine, and, and, and you know this because you deal with him every day and that people admire and never have a bad thing to say about is Roger Atfield. And you guys mm -hmm. have a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. And an and a incredible trainer. Yeah, multiple, yeah. multiple Hall of Famer, and yeah. uh, and you could say a name to Roger of a horse he trained 15 years ago. He'd yeah. remember his markings. 
and, yeah. and <laughs> the horse's idiosyncrasies, what he didn't like to do, what he liked to do. Mm -hmm. Boy, just a talented and, and a classy guy. Yeah, the interview we had with him was brilliant. Also, we did a nice, uh, and after uh, like a week later, he won the Keeneland Million Dollar Race down there. Yeah, it was it was brilliant, man. Was, yeah, he is, and uh, and and everybody. I don't know of anybody on the backstretch that doesn't mm -hmm. uh, respect Roger Atfield. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. 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 Well, we have one of our guests, Chelsea Clute, saying the 2011 Miss Keller race. Was the best race call a heart stop and finish? Picture time. <laughs> <laughs> Picture time's rearing its ugly head and every time. <laughs> and our Barbadian trainer, Nigel Burke, who trains at Woodbine, he said the 2008 Queen's Plate, not bourbon, stampede at the top of the stretch in the Queen's Plate with John O. Jones pleading with not bourbon for one more 16. <laughs> not bourbon guts it out. That's exactly, that's exactly what I said, I think. <laughs> Jones was working on this son of a gun at this, speaking of Roger, right? Yeah. Jones was working on this son of a gun at the 16th pole, and and pleading wasn't too strong of a word. Roger says that, you know, Roger's a friend of mine. He said, you know, I asked him about all his Queen's Plate wins, which was the most difficult. He said getting not bourbon to stretch out to a mile and a quarter. That was, that you know, that was his toughest Queen's Plate win, trying to get that horse to go a mile and a quarter. And for Jono at the 16th pole, I can, I'm reading Jono's mind like, Hold on, you son of a gun. Please, please, please hold on. You know, and that's that's something and as I've been an assistant trainer for Reed Baker, and I mean watching this man, you know, do the amazing things, having a horse for the first time going a mile and sixteen and winning it. You know, I pick up a lot of little things that I see him do because that same not bourbon, I was going to the training track with a set of horses that morning at the Queen's plate and seeing not bourbon coming onto the track. Mm -hmm. And he's working a quarter the morning of the plate. I'm like, oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, yeah. if he, if it was, yeah, he did something that morning, and I'm like, wow. And then wow. to see this horse turns around and wins the race, it was like, wow. Mm -hmm. mm. Something to really think yeah, about as a trainer, as a horseman. Mm -hmm. You know, amazing well, things you see. Well, well, our friend Edwin Weeks, who made a number of comments, and you said it's his birthday. Mm -hmm. He said 1989 coming from Barbados and hearing Dan for the first time, it touched his heart and he became a huge fan. A oh, big fan. Boy, I gotta do I gotta do this show more often. This <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, you're well liked in Barbados, man. You're well liked. I, I, the amount of people who came to me this morning told me they can't wait for the show and well, you're seeing it for yourself now. Hopefully I can see them in March and uh, see them. Yeah, later. that'd be brilliant. You know, yeah. That's another shout out to Rosette and the Barbados Turf Club. We yes. want the 2023 Barbados Gold Cup. Terry <laughs> <laughs> Sherlin said, think, great race callers makes the race so much more exciting. Go mm -hmm. ahead, Leroy. Sorry. I want to speak for, I think I can speak for all the Barbadian guys that come up here, 89, 90, Joe Studios here. The passion that we brought, you know, to horse racing in Barbados, Dan, because we had racing one day a week right you know what i mean and the the way you had to bring have your horse ready to run the 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 you know the things you want to do for your horse to help going to the beach swimming your horses taking care of your animal doing all the necessary things to get to that one day racing the passion mm -hmm. 
you, you know what I mean? And to, to have that this time right now, I feel that passion among us here because what you brought to the game and hearing your voice, that passion again, it brings that memory all the way back right now. 55,000 races you called, over 55,000. Wow. <laughs> some of those are some of those are harness races, but yeah. Well, wow. but I mean racing, don't matter what horse racing. Yeah. Let's I just you still have a voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy, so clear. Leroy, you're asking the questions. I'm gonna ask you one. Would you will you ever move back to Barbados? No. No, you're an Ontario boy now? For life. Okay. Sorry, guys. Wait. Sorry, but I'm no, I'm no, being no, honest. No, that's I uh, just wondering. That's uh, I love it. I love it here. Right. Good. This, this country has done, from, and I mean, a little bit of my history has put that into me because what I accomplished here, I, I have so much to be thankful for, for people like yourself and all of my friends and myself. You're, very, you're, you're, you're a success story, no, no doubt about it. No doubt yeah, about but it. I mean, it, it does not just goes for me, it's the people that I've been surrounded with. You know what I mean? Right. I have to be so much to be thankful for. So I'm a Barbadian for life. Don't get me wrong. And no. Barbados is my home for life. But right. I love it here. This country has done so much to me. And I want to say for the all the guys that, you know, are here and trying to make something out of their life, passion, the hard work, the dedication, and all the above that come with it. Right. You know what I mean? There's, it's, it's the best place to be right now if you want to be successful. Well put, well put, Leroy. You know, land of opportunity, huh? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Canada yeah. to me too. I mean, Canada was one of the best things that ever happened to me. It was Ricky Griffith and Ashley Husbands who got me to come here, and you know the success I had in Canada for myself at that time when I was here, early late 80s early 90s with Laurie Sauvier then coming back in 98. It, it was the one of the best moves I've ever um happened to me I mean That's I'm back in Barbados now but you know I, I came home because I was hurt but look at me I'm still talking to you guys in Canada <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm still close to you guys you know what I mean by new technology and because of that you know it feels like I'm still part of the team you know so that's it we made a lot of friends in canada yeah. sean yeah. and yeah. so yeah. it's lifelong friends dan like we didn't really catch up too many times at woodbine but you're fifty thousand race calls i always talked about you in the winner's circle bro <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, i like that Dan. you know what you know what i'm gonna do dan tomorrow make a phone call to the airport and tell them take the mouth shocks down from those guys it's okay to let them in <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about that mugshot i might go along with dan to vegas for a few days too <laughs> all right guys. Leroy, yes we got edwin saying he can't remember where in proverbs but that is how the verse is interpret interpreted oh, okay if your so. left hand right hand doesn't know and we got our girl Haley. Dan Lazelle, such a cool dude and class act. <laughs> and so is Haley. She's a lovely person and uh, and was in the press box many times when I would. I saw her on Queen's Plate Day and uh, yeah, just a, she's just a lovely girl. Wow. Jerry Howell, that's another Jerry guy. Jerry said Chris Badboy was the best call for him. He, he remembers, I give him his papers, number one. 
What? I don't know if that was part of the race call. No, 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 no. no. When he said give him his paper, he's congratulated. Like the best thing he's ever, he's given him a comeback. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get, remember that horse, Chris Bad Boy? He must have liked that call of Chris Bad Boy. I don't know. I can't recall what I said. Was yeah. was was that apparently what I said? I, no, I, I, no, I, I, no, no. When he said he give you your papers, it's like you know when when a guy does something great and he yes. gives him his flowers for doing something excellent, and that's okay. his term that he's using okay. there. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, I'm glad, no, you're, like glad you're here to interpret, Leroy. <laughs> John Mark, the trainer from Barbados, he's hoping to try and get both Dan and Tom to come on holiday. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get that. Guess call. The, the, the guest calls a one to nine shot not happening. Yeah, yeah. One to nine. Just, just the guys present uh, would be great. But you know coming I mean? to Barbados is odds on favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what is your experience of the Breeders' Cup when it was held at Woodbine? Well, that's a great question. It, yeah. uh, it was the most exciting day of racing ever at Woodbine. And mm -hmm. I called 28 Queen's Plates. Got wow. out of the car at 9 o'clock in the morning, and the air was electric. Like mm -hmm. I'd never seen it before. And everybody said, what the hell are they bringing this race to Canada for? One and yeah. only time it's ever left the state. It's going to snow or something. My wife, my wife worked really hard on the Breeders' Cup, like full time for a couple of years, and mm. um, and they put the portable bleachers up. Why are they bringing it to Woodbine? It could snow. It turned out to be a perfect day, yeah. and nice. it snowed the next day. <laughs> and, and, Wayne, and Wayne Lucas, and Wayne Lucas, who was one of the guys that says, "Why the hell are they bringing the the Breeders' Cup to Woodbine? This is crazy." Blah blah blah. He got up at the breakfast the day after the Breeders' Cup and said, let me say something unequivocally, Wayne Lucas said, this is the best Breeders' Cup I have ever attended. The way we were treated here, the way they treated the horsemen, the way they treated our owners, we've never been treated like that ever in a mm. Breeders' Cup. And wow. Uh, wow. yeah, so it was, uh, so I, I, I called the undercard of the Breeders' Cup. Um, and I did all the post parades for the Breeders' Cup. So I, there was four or five races before the first Breeders' Cup. I called those. And I did all the post parades for the Breeders' Cup. And, of course, uh, Tom called the races. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it was, it was just an incredible day. One I'll never forget. Wow. That's brilliant. Fabulous experience. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. Okay. We've had the great or the greatest horse scholar that we in had in our time on our show mm -hmm. and we're blessed by his presence oh, and please. let's thank him yeah yeah thank you no, thank you dan thank you wise dan repetitious here but you, you're doing a great job you can you, i can always tell when people care because they did their research they just don't come on and and leroy you know you're the questions you asked Sean, the questions you asked, Brett, um, it, it shows me that you care. Your sponsors should be extremely proud of, of the job you're doing, and uh, and I'm proud of the job you're doing. Fantastic Thank job, guys. Fantastic. Thank you, Thank you so much, Dan. Okay. Thanks hope a lot. See, hope, hope to see you in March if I don't see you in Vegas, Brett. No, man. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> say hello, to, say hello to the wife for us and everything. For us all. Yeah. You have okay. to come to Barbins for sure, though. Well, maybe, Barbins. Well, Saturday, we were, I haven't uh, decided whether I'm going to go. Okay. Or not. 
we'll maybe see you Saturday. All the best. All right. Okay. Take care. Thank, great you so Thank you so much, Don. Thank you again, guys. Really Thank appreciate you very it. Much. Great. Take care. Thanks. All right. Guys, I think that Excellent. was one of the greatest, man. Yeah, that was one that of was the so greatest cool. shows we've had. That was so cool, oh, man. You know, that, that phrase, keep being new, is one of the greatest, but all of our shows are great. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I'm glad all you all felt that hair chills yeah. on the spine when he said, picture time. I was like, ooh. <laughs> it sounds great still. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. I'm telling you, man. It's telling you. It's, yeah, his wow. voice is still there. Wow. That was great. Amazing. That was wonderful, guys. Again, wonderful. So, All right. Well, the well, show must go on, boys. Yes, One of the excited yes. parts of the show that we all love to enjoy after having another great um, guest on our show. We yes. go into something, the homeboys thing. But, yes. Sean, yes. you got to do this one. But listen, I my dad is... My dad is still upstairs. I gotta go and bring him down and all the kind of stuff. So you gotta go bring him down. Yeah. So I think well, you might. Hey, but wait, wait, do, but, but wait, thing, wait a minute. We got. We have our special guest coming up shortly. Yeah. And I would like to first of all get our listeners excited. Okay. So Wesley Hall joins us under the mahogany tree to talk horses. So don't miss it. Coming yeah. up shortly is Sir Wes, but right now, Raquel. Raquel. Good night. Okay. Welcome but, to the show. Before we bring a Sean. Yes. Go get the man ready, yes. man. Yes, so put me, put me behind, yourself, guys. Put me behind. For the, from here, and we yes. can entertain this day with Raquel, yes. and you go take care of the big guy yes. and bring him down yes. for Raquel. us, buddy. Excellent. <laughs> Way to go. Raquel, Raquel, Raquel. Hi. How are you? How's everyone? Very well, thank you. Good. How was, How was your last weekend? race day? Um... I guess it was good. I was on vacation-ish. I only got to see the last three races, and they were exciting. Okay. Got you sent us some information three. about the latest stats uh, at the Barbados yeah. Turf Club? Yes. I know that some people are very curious as to how the year ended. So I just wanted to run through the, uh, the top three. Okay. All right. Okay. So... We're going to start with my, uh, once again, I'm going to do my housekeeping. This information is directly from the Barbados Star Club race book. Put that out there. So, hey. you know, don't come for me if anything is wrong. <laughs> All right. So, um, like I said, I'm going to do the, the top three. And we have uh, the horse standings. Hurricane with four wins, one second uh, out of five starts. And his earnings are one hundred and forty-five thousand six hundred and eighty-eight. Uh, second, we have Nilos, uh, the old man in the game, but still doing great things. He's had two wins, two seconds, a third, and a fourth out of six starts, with sixty-seven thousand five hundred and seventy-five in earnings. Um, third was uh, Mikel, with one win, 
one second, three fourths out of seven starts with earnings of $40,120. So congrats to you guys. Um, we are gonna move on to the jockey standings. Um, we have Tashawn Hazelwood uh, being on the leaderboard uh, with 14 wins, 10 seconds, five thirds out of 71 starts. So that's really good for him. Um, like I said, it is subject to change. And these are the uh, most recent um, information nice. I have. Yes. So second would be Rashid Hughes with 13 wins, 15 seconds, 16 thirds out of 89 starts. And Ray Williams, 13 wins, uh, three seconds, 10 thirds, and out of 66 starts. So Raquel, tell me, with the no races happening in Barbados for the next five or six weeks, do you think those standings are going to change come December 31st? Do well, you see any big movements happening? Well, I believe they have already, like I said, it's not been updated as of um, mm -hmm. race day gone, but I do believe that it has already changed and it will continue to change. I'm certain of it. Mm -hmm. Do you see any... Any people that are laying in second or third, maybe coming into well, we've got up. um Eric Daniel, who's been having a great time this season, mm -hmm. actually this year. So you know, who knows? He could be creeping up there and you maybe claim the number one spot. Who knows? You can't tell right, how it goes. You just play it by ear. And as Leroy and I say, we let the horses speak for themselves because without uh, the horses, you're not going to get there. Leroy, you put you've been paying her a hundred dollars to say no, that. No, 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 no. Come on, no. Raquel. <laughs> you got <laughs> that a strong was something from that was ingrained in me for a long time. So it just so happens we twin it on that. <laughs> very good, very Thank good. You, Thank you. Another yeah. great job you've done. Um, and sorry, you were another, saying something? No, on another great on another note. So it's another great job you've done with doing your research and and, and informing our, our guests and everything our audience on what's going on. Um from a horse person to another horse person, how did your horses come out of the derby? Everybody came out of it well? Yes, and happy and enjoying Thank their you. mini vacation. There you go. There yeah, you go. It's very important that we that we speak about the horses, you know what I mean? Because they're the one who goes out there and do all the hard work. We That's just right. get the entertainment from them, you know what right. I mean? And it's always good to know. Me as an agent, I always like to go back to the barn the next day, or even if a horse had to work to see how the horse came out of his work, how he came out of his mm -hmm. race. You know, those things are important because, you know, 90% horse, I say 10%, you know, who are all the other people. So it's always about the horse for me. I That's take true. pride in, in finding out how those horses you know, come out of their races, you know, it's so important. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I see I've a wonderful... always come up hearing that horses make jockeys. So there you go. Well, make yeah. all of us, all of us. We just have to <laughs> yeah, you know, pay attention to detail and make sure that those horses are happy going into their races and coming out of their races. That's so it's correct. so important. You know what I mean? The last thing we want to know is oh, a horse has to go to the hospital or he has to go, you know, he, he didn't come out of his race well and stuff like that, you know. So true. And you guys have got a great facility of the ocean down there that, you know, is so great for horses and they yeah, enjoy it. Definitely. Does Hurricane go swimming? Yes, he does. He does. He enjoys it. Yes. So Maybe you can get us a video one day. 
Maybe. Is he the triple crown winner? <laughs> going for a swim. Doesn't that sound great, Leroy? Triple crown winner going for a swim. You might create swim. a cyclone or something. <laughs> we almost did the other day at the track, or so you know, running that, that, doing those wonderful things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, again, that was yeah. good to hear. So all the horses came out of the race as well, and having their little R and R time, getting ready yeah. to, to get ready again to to do. All. So when did the new season starts, guys? I think it's November second or so. Yeah, not so. till November second. Yeah, okay. um, we had one of our comments. Somebody saying when all the big jocks come back home, they might change up the standings a little bit. There you go. You never know. Okay. So Roy, I'm getting jealous. Why? The only time we hear our boy Azarian is when he's coming <laughs> on to say hi to Auntie Rack. Oh, hi. Yes, that, that is me. Oh, so all, all the time before he used to come on a little earlier and stuff like that. So now he's only coming on when he see he's a ladies man. I think that's what's going I on. Think I think I think you got him right there. There's nothing wrong with that though. There's nothing wrong at all with that. Hey, but, that's all but right. Leroy, look at this. Up, we got some other uh, people saying some great things. Look from Marianne, great show, well done. Your sponsors are proud. Thank you. Shout Thank out you. to the team at mpequine.com, McKee Pownell Equine Services and Veterinary Care. Thank you. John Thank Connors, you guys are killing it. Great job. <laughs> so, um, and, go ahead, right? And Haley, oh, great show. Yeah, Everyone's great show. Super, super. shouting us out, Leroy. I there told you, you this is one of the best. Well, again, I'm not going to say one of the best. I'm going to say our shows are great. You know, I'm not going to use this one thing. And people like different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to use that word one, that that, that, that one word one. So, yeah. Anyhow, (laughs) Haley, we had our Queen's Plate run up here. Did you get to see our Queen's Plate run at Woodbine? Haley? Me? Not Haley. Merkel, sorry. (laughs) My apologies. You didn't get to see that. Okay. So you didn't get to see none of our Triple Crown races. No. I did okay. it. So you see, I'm down up here following Barbados races. You're giving me a lot of information on Barbados races. You're going to have to pick up your computer and find Canadian races and see. Yeah, you're correct. Okay. And yesterday, correct we, yesterday we had our Prince of Wales race. At Fort Erie, huh? Yeah, our last leg of the Prince of Wales, or the Queen's uh, Triple Crown. No, 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 that's the second leg. Oh, no, the last leg, sorry, the second leg. My apologies, leg. sorry. I should be. I need a smack oh, here. Barbarian, <laughs> My apologies. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, there was our second leg of our triple crown, and and our triple crown is run on three different surfaces. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the only ones that's run on three different surfaces. So you need to get some information and get informative on our racing up here too. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's sure. That's definitely on the the books for okay. me. So when you come on here, you can, you know me, interact with us and talking about the racing and stuff that's going on up here too. Don't let Brent and Sean do it all. I want to get you <laughs> really informative of what's going on too. All right, you're part of us now, so. Oh, thank you. You know what I mean? So I, I and it's, it's fun to see you know and and hearing you know the things that you're doing and giving the information that you're giving and doing your homework and stuff like that. What's Look the- at that, Leroy. Azarian, happy belated Thank birthday. You. There you go. Hey, how, how did you spend that birthday? Oh, it was fantastic. It was Surrounded fantastic. by good friends and family. There you go. There you go. There you and go. Look, at, look at what John Mark Cozy is saying. The kid Azarian was in his yard this afternoon. He too loves the horses and pays more <laughs> attention to them than school. Oh, 
<laughs> Our man is in the back there begging to come inside. Um, he's knocking on the door, Brian. Who's that? Sean Hall? No, Tyler, too. I hear Tyler was there oh, saying, bring me in. Tyler. Hey, yeah. What's going on, bro? Chris What's up? Got a full field tonight. Yes. Yeah. Where's the, where's yeah. the great Sir West? That's what we're waiting on. Well, well, I I have to leave this to Sean. Okay. Well, can, Greg, can you put me backstage there for a minute, for a couple of minutes, please? Sure. Yes. Well, folks, I've, everything is in place for my dad, Sir Wesley Hall, to say a few words on his journey. This this is not really his journey as such, but about horse racing aspect of his, his life has been been around horses all around the world it got me involved in it at a very young age so as you ready sir wes welcome sir wes good night sir good night oh hello you all look so young i think you're my grandchildren <laughs> Well, well, Sir Wes, Raquel, I don't think none of them myself, Brett Callahan, Tyler Gaskin, coming yeah. from Toronto as well, Chris Griffith from Fort Erie, yeah. and your greatest son, <laughs> or uh, one of your greatest sons. Yeah. Pleased to meet you. I think I know everyone, but you know, yeah. I haven't seen you for some time. So yeah. Yes, I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. In a while. <laughs> That's good. Well, I'm very happy that um, Sean told me about it, and I didn't think I thought he was making a joke. And um, <laughs> I've never really been in such um, exalted company when it comes to racing. I, I, I would probably just go there and, and you know, um, back a few horses. But um, I, I, this has been a fantastic um, season for you guys. I, I, you've, you've done very well. I had to mark you. I think that I, I have to say that you were in the 90s every time. So that's fantastic. I'd just like to congratulate you. That's oh. nice to hear. Thank you. Wow. So we got room for improvement. <laughs> Everybody has. Uh, you wish you a happy birthday, right, Sir Wes? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, sir. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, uh, you know, I. I wasn't sure about it, um, and and now, um, you know, I, I, I'm now 65, 75. <laughs> I feel like 65. You're, <laughs> um, you're 85, Daddy. Well, I'm 85, and um, yesterday, when, you know, my daughter took me to lunch, and I, I you know, I was just sitting down, and the next thing I saw, um, you know, was that people were being interviewed and and and, and, and the, you know, and I was very surprised because I want to tell you something. The last ball I bowled in any match was 52 years ago, so I didn't think there was anybody alive who saw me bowling. But it's, <laughs> wow. It was fantastic when these people came up and were so nice to me, you know. And I really believe, uh, you know, I, I really love it. So I like to say the same to you. I've watched the show for as long as you've been doing, and I, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's a fantastic show. 
definitely getting a lot of good reviews up here. Yeah. Wow. Griff, you get your hat yet? I I still I check the mailbox every day, but I ain't see nothing yet. Tyler, you get yours? I I gotta use, I gotta use the hundred that that uh, Daniel is out to get me. Maybe I can buy something. <laughs> well, yeah, at least you get more than me. You get a hundred. <laughs> oh dear. I'm gonna pivot here a little bit, Mr. Hall. You got three gentlemen to your. That's your left, right? A picture yeah. of three, great, picture. three great, great men to your left there. Could you tell us a little bit about those three great men you have to your left? Oh, um, they're not three. They're only two, actually. Um, Carly Smith, uh, the great West Indian cricketer who died um, at a very early age in an accident in, London, in England. And um, a great player, Carly Smith. Um, the one, the next one in the middle, that's me when I was 25, and the other one was when I was 70. So oh, it was it was painted by it was painted by a, a chap in Jamaica. I went to to Jamaica to um, to speak, and and the school that he had been to, and you know, they they decided they'd give me a gift, and that that is what they gave me. I, I'm very very good. Pretty good about that because Collie is one of the best cricketers that we have had in the West Indies. He just didn't live very long, but he 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 did a lot while he lived. So what 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 he did? He was a batsman, a bowler, he was a batsman, an spin bowler. Um, and I I felt that if he had not died, um, Sir Frank Ware would not have come out of you know um, he actually went to the university and he, I think he was going to have uh, a career in the university if um Kali, if he if he had not died well I'm sure Frank would not have come back to captain the West Indies and because I believe that Kali would have been the next captain that's wow. big praise for that wow. he was only about I reckon around 23 or 24 and um he was a fantastic cricketer and a great man too and i thought that he had the you know he had all the qualifications to captain the west indies side wow, wow. see those are things that we would know in our age group we wouldn't we want to hear about these things and that's why i wanted yeah. a question about the pictures you have there hmm. and that's good to hear and the other picture the other picture is my brother died john in the middle okay so they keep John close by also. Okay. Yeah. So there are John three great, great there are three great men there then. Yeah. <laughs> John was a great a great boy. He, he wasn't a cricketer, but he he played rugby, you know, born in Canada. So he, he played those games and he was a great swimmer and things like that. But um he died right here in Barbados. He came in and went to the sea and um, you know, was all over so yeah. we yeah. still love him and still remember him you know yeah, fantastic guy yes great have to yeah yeah well so, go ahead sean well i was just about to start start out to find to talk about daddy your how it's time for you being involved and loving horses because i didn't get this just from you know it, it had to come from you the horse <laughs> loving side of my life 
tell us how it started for you. Well, I must say this. Um, I, I love horses. I love dogs too, but I, I love horses. And uh, when I was very young, um, my brother and I, we used to live at her grandmother, but she's very strict. And, you know, she didn't like us to go to cricket. Um, you know, we was, I would put the, 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 the clock forward so I can get to school an hour earlier. <laughs> and um, what I didn't remember is that somebody would have to come and put it back in the evening. So, you know, then we came out and then decided to go and play cricket again. Uh, she would come for us and you would get blows in front of everybody. It's very humiliating. <laughs> you know, I didn't like that at all. So I told my mother, look, we are coming to live with you in, in, in St. Lawrence. That is Christ Church. And guess what? Jack, um, we, we had, they had it next to my mother. My mother kept the shop. And next to the shop was um, uh, two jockeys. And um, me and my brother, you know, we decided that we would be looking at um, Jack Fletcher. Yes, Jack, yeah, Fletcher. And I tell you what, we then had to, my mother would let us come to, um, to school there, but we had, instead of going only 20, 30 yards to, the, to our school, that was St. Giles, we now had to go from St. Lawrence to St. Giles. So we had to walk to Worthing View. And um, we would, when we got off that bus, there was a stable, the um, bone stable, and um, had some fantastic um, horses, the two greatest horses that I saw in Barbados. And um, I thought that um, that was the biggest thing for my brother and I. So we, we would go catch the bus line and, and we'd go to get into school, but it only took us halfway. We had to get off by the garrison, so we were looking now at the gallops. So my brother and I, um, you know, we were lean at very early age, and we were going to the um, going to school while going to school. We were going to see the horses, um, those in the stables, and those that are galloping. So um, that was it, and I, I I saw my first race. I think about I would think it was only about six or seven and um there are three big horses in those days were very big horses um and um i believe that it was you know when i when we got to see that we would go to races every well i can't say every saturday because you know how it was in those days um you would get racing racing seasons you get one around march you get another one in the summer and then you get one just before christmas so we would go to all the races. And I just believe, you know, I just love racing. Even when I start to play for the West Indies, um, all of the fellas like racing. So Gary Sobers, Cammy Smith, Seymour Nurse, um, all of them, we would go and, you know, we've had some great fun. Um, the captain did not like um, us um, gambling. They didn't like us betting our horses because for the simple reason that we didn't get a lot of money in those days, you know, we get five pounds per week. So there wasn't much left. So uh, we felt that if we could, you know, back a few horses, we would be, um, you know, doing very well because we'd be able to have a good time and still play good cricket. So that is, that's how it started. Most of the fellas were, you know, lovers of um, racing. 
And uh, we got some great friends. And Lester Pickup was a very good friend of Cigari Silver. And Jeff, Jeff Lewis was my friend. And we were playing a game at, in Sussex one time. And they were beating us. They gave us, or we, we, they only had eight runs to win. And that morning, Gary called um, Lester King, Lester Pickett, and he got two in it. But he got two, two tips. I called Jeff Lewis, and I got two. So we had four. And then we didn't do too well that day in the game. They only gave them eight runs to go to go out. So Gary, as he was walking out, we said, well, you think that we could get the taxi to go to the races um, very soon? I said, oh, yes. So Charlie said, yeah, what's that? What's that you all said? You, you don't know we could win this match? I said, only eight runs? He said, yes, we could win. So I said, well, I decided well, I'd be bowling a a maiden over so both six balls no runs then in the second day the second over charlie hit a man in his head and then bowled down another fella so i said well I, the next over i did the same thing another maiden the next over again charlie hit a fella in his toes and everything is in trouble he's gone off the hospital and then he bowled down another fella so that's four right two out and two you know hurt and the third one, I did the same thing again. And bowled another maiden. And Charlie came back now in the third match. And, just, and he hit the fella, a, a serious blow there. And um, he's off the hospital. Then he bowled another fella. So six, you know, we have a situation where we have six men sort of out. Two, three out and three hurt. So I then decide, well, Skipper, you know, get me three slips, two gullies. You know, third man and things like that. If you could make this match, and they came in and bowled one very fast ball. The fella did some of that, and you know, he missed. He, he, he hit the top of his glove and went to the boundary. And Charlie said that that we were selling out the race. They were selling out the whole thing. And we barely ended the one. Then the, a guy said, yeah, the one that went to hospital said, well, when we saw him. Um, you know, three days after, he said, well, you know, Charlie's getting very slow because, you know, last time, three years ago in 1963, I was in a hospital for two weeks. This time I was in there only for two days, so he's slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we really love, we love horses. We love, you know, doing um, a, a lot of racing. And um, it's, it's something that we did in Australia, in England, in India, wherever we went, we, we, we would like to go to the races, it's, although the captain didn't particularly like it. But, you know, we, I took Sean um, with me to, wow, well, we went everywhere. We went to Australia. Sean and Ricky, Ricky was supposed to go to Australia, but he did so well, he couldn't make it. Sean went to Australia, he went to India, and, you know, he rode up there and, I was very happy to see him winning races there. So, um, you know, cricket was good, but racing was also very good. And um, I can say this, that when I became a Christian, I wasn't too sure, you know, I was sure that I could stop doing everything that perhaps could be called wrong. But I wasn't sure whether I could, you know, not have a, a bet at the girls at any race. I went to I, I went to to Canada, and Sean had just come back from um, down south, and he had this horse, 
and he said to me, you know, Daddy, um, I, I think this, uh, this horse is going to win this race, you know, because he was running on dirt all the time, and now put him, he's running on grass, and he sacks the horse, you know, like said a millionaire. He says, and I think that I'll win it. The horse was fit to warm. I did not put a penny on it, and I therefore knew then that I could go anywhere to races, to anywhere, and not gamble. So that's been, that many know. So I thank Sean for that. You know, <laughs> on, I think that's a that, that's something that you would want to have every day. You know, but that is it. So it, everything was, you know, going pretty good. So you've you've been on the wrong with a lot of horses in your time. Name some of the great horses that you can speak about or you can remember that we might not even know about. Well, um I I was asking Sean, I said, Sean, they're going to ask me about about, about who, who are the best horses. And I said, you know my two best horses, but I can't remember the names all the time. And um Do you so want to help I remember them They are ten years. You like Blue sales and Menton. I like Menton. I like Menton and Blue sales Now, Menton was a very great horse. He could come from behind. He could go. He could go on the lead. Um, the other one was a different horse, but he was it was a, a easier ride. You know, you could probably put him on the bridle, and he would do the rest for you. But these two horses were fantastic. Um, we had, you know. I can tell you what, for me, um, I, I like the, the Edward Stable. And in nine, I was only 11 years old when I went to get to the garrison and my brother was 12 and another guy. So we, and then I, I met another cricketer called George Rock. He, he was about two years old. And we had a bet, the first time I ever had a bet. And um, it was a horse called um, it, it was uh, the, the Rasper and the Blue, uh, and uh, I can't even remember the second horse, but we, we had this this bet, and um, it won. And um, then the fellow saw me with all this money. He said, you know, at 11, you could get locked up for gambling. <laughs> so I, I decided that if that's the case, well, I'd be back there all the time. So what happened? Um, I found that, you know, I like jockeys. Um, I like to see jockeys. And I, my friends were like Charlie Jones and I came from the same um, part of Barbados in Christchurch. And um, I like Charlie. Um, he, he was fantastic, um, especially coming out of, um, out of the gates. Um, right now, you, you have um, boxes, but then you have to go and it was a tape like that flew in the air. And you had to be very good to, to do that. Um, um, I would say Venice Richards. He, um, Sean know that. I've got some pictures of Sean, Venice lifting Sean up when he was only about so six months old um, going on a plane. And, it was a long time ago, sir, Wes. Hey? When John was six months, that was a long time ago. Yeah, oh, long, long time. Not, very long. not only that, Tyler, not only the six months, it was a long time since anybody could pick up Sean. He get heavy. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you something. When Sean started to ride, I'll I, I tell you, I, you, you wouldn't believe it, but he was only 70 pounds. 
So, um, you know. You, oh, you were four? I remember him going to school and um, he, at the end of the term, he, he was um, he was about, I think he won a few races at, at around 1995. And Ricky and Sean went in this eight week summer um, every day in the sea uh, surfing. Now, Sean can swim, but he's surfing. I don't understand that. <laughs> Ricky, um, you know, they're drinking, I have a man called Cuts, <laughs> and they're drinking these soft drinks. And when, you, when the season came, Sean was already 118 pounds. And so that's when it started, um, you know, getting, getting big. And what he was doing is surfing, sea water, and, and things like that, and then drinking these soft drinks. And within, within four months, he put on about 20 or maybe 20 pounds. I remember it, that. It and his life, his life was one of, of sweating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one day he had he had um three three good horses for the seal and sean he said daddy i'm going to go ricky and i going to sweat and there were no boxes really so they were then get in the car they have three or four plastic clothing and down go down to um go down to st st philip or something like that and when he came back, I saw him lying down on the ground. I said, "What's happening?" He says, "Daddy, call Mister, call call Mister Seal. Tell him that I can get the weight on all three horses, but I can't get my foot over the horse." <laughs> <laughs> Young, um, uh, he, that guy, this the, the guy who um who who rode them. You won all three of them, and I think he's in in Canada. Well, Tyron. Yeah, so it shows that the game, and you know, it can be cruel sometimes, but that was pretty good. So, Sean, you made the way, but you can make the right, make the right horses. No, no. Chris, you have well, anything to say about that? Right? Yeah. Some, huh? some horses, but um, I think that um, JD Chandler uh, and Barbados had some of the most um, beautiful horses. Um, that barn was very, very, very strong. Charlie used to ride there. Then you have uh, Eric Holder. He was a champion jockey, and um, he was a, a, a fantastic rider. Um, but you know, you had um, Dennis Richards, and you had um, um, a lot of people. A lot of jockeys came from England. You had, um, first of all, you had. For the channel, there was a man called Edgar. Sean, what's his name? I... Um, they, well, they have the turtle. Turtle, had turtle. He came and he did. He was a trainer too. And um, Frank O'Neill. Frank O'Neill was one of the best riders um, that we've seen in the in the in in, in the West Indies. And he won he won a few derbies. But yes, I I would think that they um contingent in um the the that uh, i don't even remember the channel the, the channels they were fantastic so um i remember the first race that charlie jo jo jones won on the horse called gold lightning i remember um 
playing, um, I can't remember his name, he was a jockey that was very, um, very good with his hands and horses liked him, but he didn't look too pretty. Johnny Bell. Uh, he didn't look pretty at all, but he'd, he'd be sitting upright and doing like that, and the pretty riders come alongside him, and my boy would kick on and win. And he, he, he rode a horse called, um, uh, he had a, his first ride with a, uh, a gray horse called Lingo. So I think that, um, you know, racing in Barbados at that time um, was um, pretty good. He had a lot of um, 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 English riders. And the day that the, go the guys went to Canada was really, um, you know, a, a fantastic uh, situation for ra racing. Because as you know, I don't have to tell you, you've had some, some, some of the best uh, riders from Barbados going up to Canada. And, and now, as you know, um, you have it now in, uh, in America. So it's, it's pretty good. Um, but I, I have loved racing um, for a long time. And um, I had, uh, 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 in the, the middle of the, the stretch, um, I found that um, I had, I, I, I rented the um, the last. I think um, all the fellas used to come into into that booth, and um, I used to be there because Sean fell off a horse once right in front of me. And when I went to him, I said, "Sean, come. You have to go home." He said, "Daddy, you joking? I got two winners in the next two races coming, so try and we'll go to the bed." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't understand that at all because it looked to me like the fall was pretty hard. And, and that's another thing. The only other thing I'll stop after this is that um, he, he, he fell in a gray horse. I don't remember her name. Scott Red Leathery. Around the corner. And, Who was it, Sean? Um, Leathery? I ran up there to him. I was real frightened because... There were 12 horses in the race, and I said to him when I got him home, I said, Sean, what do you really have to do when you fall down in front of 12 horses? Um, he said, well, Daddy, when you fall and you're in front, he said, well, what you do is you come from one, and if you get to 10, you're alive. <laughs> 10 horses going over you. I said, said, well, you have to have that sort of mentality. To really ride horses, you know, that you, if you fall, well, that's hard luck, but you want to get back on the horse as soon as possible. So that, that was, that was something that I, I, I couldn't believe would happen, you know. Another thing too with Sean, his mother didn't particularly like him riding at all. And she used to go down to the races and she would go down, Shawnee, Shawnee. And Sean looked back one day, the horse showing down. And he came home and said to me, Daddy, my mother, she comes down there again. I am not saying hello to her. So, <laughs> oh, she came down, Johnny, 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 the name Sean went away the race. And she told me, Bez, I think that since that boy is living at your house, he's on Manly's ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the sort of things that happen to a father who has a jockey. And um, I think that I am the best. A man going around that bend was Godfrey. 
And yes, I never seen anybody go around, uh, any jockey go around that bend as, as, as balanced and as good as, as, as Jeff Godfrey. And, um, you know, um, I think that racing itself has been very good in terms of um, when you recognize that you only, I don't know, you probably get only 20 days in a year. And, um, I, you know, when I was in England, uh, or Australia or any other place, um, you get racing every day. So, you know, I appreciate it then, you know, when you get back home, how it's a little harder for a jockey, harder for a groom, harder for an owner, and certainly um, harder for the trainer. So um, I pause there and if there's anything else, well, I'll do that for you. Why don't you talk about the horses that you all brought from England? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we were buying some horses in England, and um, Peter Ashley was a, a student uh, of uh, racing, and we bought a horse called Curfew. Uh, Sandy Barclay, he rode it in, um, he, he, we, I would say that um, we didn't back it, we, we back it, but we didn't have a lot of money to back it. But because it was the West Indies cricket team um, horse, it came in from 12 to 1 to, to 3 to 1. <laughs> and Barker won it by three lengths. And we then sent it straight to Barbados. And um, poor soul, she, she, I think she had in England, I don't know if you know this, but there are a lot of girls who um, are, you know who work in England in the stables and things like that, and they're supposed to be very loving and things like that. Like my granddaughter, for instance, I'm sure that um, Sean would have told you that she is a pretty good um, good with horses, and you know, we because this horse was so from the time she was a yearling, she was with girls. When she came to Barbados, um, we didn't have any girls at groom. <coughs> <laughs> and when, whenever a, a, a guy come in to stall, she would you know, do things and she hurt herself and we, she, didn't ride at, she didn't run at all in Barbados. We bred her and, um, and you know, we, but we had a, good, a fairly good time. Then uh, Gary and I had a horse called, um, um, what's her name, John? Right? Missile. was a, a, a really good horse. And um, when one morning they were taking him down to the sea and a truck um, thought it was a good idea to hit him. And um, he, we were going to put him down. When Sean was in Canada, he said, I said, Sean, I think we'll put down this horse. He said, no, daddy, don't put him down because um, just wait till I come back home. Just keep him and let's see what we can do with him. And when Sean came back and he told me, well, this horse will never go nine again, daddy. It wouldn't go five. So what we could do, the, the garrison trap, as you know, is yes, sir. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in trouble, you know, with uh, the right lead, you'll be in trouble all the time. So Sean, um, he trained him and, um, you know, he won about, about $100,000. And all he was doing is five, five for hours. And um, 
we we love him and we have a very big picture of Sean Wright in, in, in our home here because he was a fantastic horse. But you know, those are things that um um we in the West Indies team um love. We, we just love to do horses. And then the only other story I know is that um our captain didn't particularly like at racing as I told you. And in 1966, when we won the world championship, he, he, he said, um, I don't like you guys better than horses. So what we decided to do, we'd have, you know, everybody would put in a pound and um, there were about 20 horses in the race. And we decided that we would do that. And um, Sobers, he got the, the picket horse he thought he would win it and um the captain said well you know I, i'm not approved so I, I'll, I'll i'll put in and he won at 66 to one then he had the call to get up and say i told you all not to gamble on horses i have won but i'm not going to buy a drink for you <laughs> <laughs> so, but all, all fellas love horses i i personally i like i i like um i like speed uh, I like fast bowling. Well, Sir Wes, one yeah. of our listeners asked if cruise missile was named after your bowling pace. No, it was <laughs> named after uh, a very great horse in Australia. Called okay. Missile. Yeah. But um, no, um, it, was, it was just one of those things. I have a question for you, Sir Wes. So. Yeah. The times when Sean rolled Cruz, Mr. So Bond, and get it beat, what you used to tell him? That's true, boy. I don't think I don't think Sean had any defeats on Cruz, Mister. Um, I could tell you who had it, but I wouldn't embarrass them. Uh, no. Sean, Sean, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I'm not going to tell or anything. Well, the truth is this: that Sean was running at the time when he rode. Um, um, yeah, the seal horse, yeah. Um, Concord here. Don won five races on that. Leroy, you mean when he abused Ben <laughs> No, that's a different horse. That was Concord Hero. It's Concord Heroes right I'm talking about Concord Hero. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, we just had to mention that he 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 put a little abuse on a horse there, but we had to speak about Mr. Hogg. That's all. You know, we just had to put that in there. No, but um, impressive, you know? I, I think that I think that what he felt that the idea, the first um, thing that you should do is to try to win. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you know, and if if you have to, you know, give him three or four lashes, well, I think that Sean did not really give the horse a lot of lashes. I think he hit the horse too hard. A <laughs> 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 few, one or two wheels. Chris might have something different to say about that, though, Mister Hogg. No, well, not you gotta ask Mr. Seals about that. I, I not, I'm not I'm not the one that fire him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're all laughing, but it was that sweet talking the Bruce that he's in there, boy. I tell you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean what they should have had in those days then are the whips that they have now. Yeah. Well, if, and then if he had the whips that they had now, and Tom might have never pick up the bit. <laughs> Mr. Hall, you're you're speaking you're speaking like a true father taking up for his son. Yeah, yeah. No, um I was there. I mean I, I, I was there throughout. I mean I went to 
everywhere. Well, I had two sons actually, Sean and, and Ricky. And they went everywhere, took them to Jamaica. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about that trip is that when you told them we're racing, it means you had to look for nearly 50 pounds to put these saddles. They were all, they were only weighing, I think Sean was two, seven, 78, and I think Ricky, like he was 60. Well, that and was very early then in their yeah, career. Very, very early. <laughs> in, okay. in 1981. Um, these I, fellas started early, you know. I mean, yeah. they started pretty early. And, um, you know, when you're 16, not 16, Ricky, Ricky went at 15, Sean at, four, at, six, at 14. And, you know, um, the only thing about Sean is that if he went two races, when he won two races, and at Combermere, you know, he, was, he, was, he didn't play cricket, but he, he stopped playing cricket and, and went racing. He got about 60-something in, in, in a, a cricket game. And when the master came for him the next Saturday, I said, I think you better go up at the garrison down there. The <laughs> but Sean was a little shy uh, from the point of view of, you know, he won two races and the headmaster is now, Sean all won two races on Saturday. Where is he? And Sean is nowhere there. <laughs> he wasn't too keen to, um, you know, show off. So I think that was a good trait. So was that a, was a long time ago too then. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come here. I mean, we don't take you, um, you know, when you're 30. <laughs> so you're pretty young and um, good boy. He still speaks that he's still a good... What was that, that pace he bowls at, Brett? Slow to mid... Mid-slow? I don't know. Medium-slow? Is it medium-slow he bowls medium at? Medium-slow? Sean? I'm at the edge now where I spin. I'm a spin of ball. But before you mentioned that when you had the first um, tournament or whatever it is that day, you say you bowled medium-to-slow. When you used to bowl military fast. Military fast. That's what he said, right? That's it. Military yeah. Okay, sorry. But he went the next match. You went to medium mil, military slow. Military slow. Okay. All right. Just want well, to make sure we got it right. But that, another thing, um, Sean and Ricky. Um, apparently, I was working at Banks Berries then, and they were all there. I would buy a um, the the first type of. Um, things where you could watch the races and things. So all the guys used to come up to the house. Yeah. And then um, I walked up to work. And um, when I came back, I saw Ricky very silent. And Sean very, you know, I said, Daddy, um, Ricky has something to tell you. I said, what he has to tell me? He says, you better ask Ricky. <laughs> I go out of work and then just take up my car and drive it on the road and bang it. When I look at it, I say, Lord have mercy. I couldn't believe it. And, you know, but they were good boys, so I didn't, didn't do anything. Um, they hit my car and we were all off the road for about two weeks. But um, Who was good boys? Ricky and Sean was good boys? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the good thing about the, the thing about it is that Kerry was riding at the same time, and um, I didn't think that. I think she was a good rider, but I thought that um, you know, if a young girl get hurt in a fall, you know, I said, "Jeeves, I wouldn't like that," you know, and um, I did not know I would go and buy um, anything. Um, 
the gear for Ricky and, and Sean and nothing for Carrie. <laughs> I didn't know that she she was taking that to heart. And, um, you know, I was in trouble for a, a long time. That the boys would be able to ride, but she couldn't ride. And then she, she said, I was convinced I was going to ride just as good as him. I wasn't sure about that, but, you know, you'll probably find out that um, in Barbados, we've not had a lot of lady riders, but um, we've had a few that have been as good as the boys, I believe. And, um, you know, I think it was a, a thing that um, like Sean and Ricky, those are two that I, 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 you know, like fathered, you know, make sure everything was good for them. And I'm pretty happy to do it. So who's who, Sean, could you tell us whose idea was to take up the cargo, Sean? <laughs> a very good question. You know, you know, Wes, you might not have got the whole story, so we try to get it out here right now. All right. We were, we, let me see how old we were. Sean, tell the truth, eh, Sean? I can tell you the truth. We were about, I think we were 13 or 14. This we went across the right end. This would have been this had happened what 1980 or something like that. And we used to drive the car up and down the road. You know what I mean? So hold on, Sean. One minute before it crosses. So where's this is something that just started that day then, eh? Let's get it right, eh? Exactly. I I I'm amused now. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Come on, Sean. Let let the you can let it out now, so you don't have to get in trouble now, Sean. Bring the rest out. Go ahead. So I was driving and reversing and driving and reversing. And Ricky was the in the the other um, seat. Yeah. So I was doing it so good. I said, my son, man, give me peace, man. <laughs> I said, man, all right, I give peace. <laughs> come on, come on. Spit it out now. Let Wes hear the truth now. Boy. Ricky went for it good, everything was good. And when he came back, we was we was reversing into somebody's um um driveway like a house that nobody was living at the time. And when Ricky made a turn, the front wheel hit the, the sidewalk. Yeah. And it kind of locked. And it and it panic. Instead of touching the instead of touching the brake. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the only thing is in people's homes for the tree. <laughs> I remember when he stick on with the tree and it was still XL, so you know the, the car was like accelerating revving. Yeah. And I remember people over Arthur's um sports club, they were playing tennis. I remember everybody coming and looking. To see, but he knocked out the guard wall, the whole guard wall, and I was so happy that he was there because he was knocked out the whole school. <laughs> <laughs> so, where you just got the whole truth and nothing but the truth, Ralph? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Now, 2022, 2022, you got to find the whole truth. I'm now, I'm now Yeah, well, I, I think that, um, it, it, I didn't. I didn't mind. I mean, you know, 
Dikia Maido, Dikia, Dikia. Dikia was better, man. Trump was in the back seat, Dikia. Yeah. Then Trump and more. <laughs> but the thing that bothered me, I thought that, you know, when I came in, that they would tell me, you know, right away. But I must have been in the house about an hour. And Sean told me, Daddy, Ricky, want to talk to you. No, I had a trick. No, the problem was is that me and Ricky was arguing who was going to tell him. Yeah. So I, this one of the first times I tricked Ricky. Because I said, all right, I can tell you. So I said, you want to come. So when we, we went to him and I said, Daddy, I got sent. I said, Daddy, Ricky, what I tell you? <laughs> Twenty miles right on each of us. Ricky, Ricky got the table. I ain't back up. So I remember Ricky said, "Ricky said, where's and Karen? Karen get a little hit." Yeah. Okay. I'm like, "Where is Where is I? He said, "In the back." He said, "Don't worry about it. I can cover the night later." He went like, "No, but more another two hours." And I remember when he eventually went out. That's when we heard the the, the voice say, "Try everything, come on!" <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I I tell you, in those days, um, those guys, um, there were a lot of boys that would come here with Biaf and all the, everybody who was learning to write. Um, people who were well, Sean and Ricky were they were up at um, Peter Odell. And um, some boys are up by Richard Dean's uh, mom's place. And, um, you know, but these guys were really nice guys. And it was so good to see, the ever, you know, a bunch of young boys um, coming on and writing. And I was very happy to be, you know, there with them. What I wanted to do was take them as far as possible that we can go at an early time. and. I was a little bit worried that um, Ricky didn't come to Australia nor India um, because, you know, you're you getting good rides and um, you, you, you're you working. I remember when Sean uh, was in Australia, they couldn't believe that, um, you know, it could ride so short because we ride a lot. You guys ride a lot shorter than the Australians. And, um, you know, there was a fella put Sean on a horse, and um, but I, I I tell you what, I saw Sean with all this money, you know, real money. I said, you got money, man. He said, man, the fella tell me that he can put me on the horse, and because I'm a West Indian, they don't know me, he can get good odds. And the fella he went and put on the money on the horse, the the the, the owner. So apparently the winning money was uh, forty thousand dollars. He tells John, "You can have the the gate price, the price, and I will take what I win." So Sean, Sean had a lot of money then um, coming home. So you, you should know, have made that money and get it first. I didn't hear you. I think. You should make take that money and make it pay for the car that they hit. Well, yeah, well, you see, well, you know, well, I'm sorry that Ricky didn't come because <laughs> then he, Ricky, if, if Sean is winning races, Ricky will be winning too. 
You would have got a whole car. You would have got a new car, guys. You don't have to work with the old one no more. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty good, but you know, it was great fun with these kids. You know, writing and um, you know, going going out there. A big thing when a boy is 15 years old, he can go, um, you know, and ride all over the world, which is a pretty good thing. And um, I sort of loved it. And um, but then again, Sean and um, his brother and his sister. Um, because Sean was there, they went up to, and they began, they knew all of the West Indian players. I mean, Sean is a very good friend of everybody that was on that tour. So I think it's a good thing for you when you're 16 and 17 and you're, you know, you're, they, I can remember Sean, the big boys wanted to take Sean to a nightclub. When, when Sean got there, the fella said, no, 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 you, you're not, you're not, you're, you look like you're 12 or 14. And the fellas then went and asked for the manager and the, the manager let in Sean. <laughs> but he, he, he was very young, but he was still at a nightclub. And of course, I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> Sean, is there anything else you want to share with though that he didn't know about? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You see, so really? when I don't give an answer, when I don't give an answer, you have a hard time. Leroy, go on at your left hand or your right hand's doing it. Okay, well, see, there you go. There you go. See, now you're going to use my, my, my turn of thing now, see? But what, what I want to have my father is that I remember when we were living in Trinidad, and I remember one time you took me to pick up Dennis Richards, who had a bad fall. Venice and Winston Walton. You 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 take Venice to the beach. You remember anything about that? Yeah, um I would go whenever anybody fell because I know it's um as a jockey when you fall you you break things, man. You know, it's hard. And um yeah, I went to the Venice um, but Venice was not um that, that talked a lot, but he was a very sincere guy. And you know, as you know, Sean, Venice lived with us for two years. And um whenever we went to Trinidad, I would stay by himself, you know. But it's it was really good. Um I think that um people like Venice or Walton and those guys um did a lot, you know. But, um my as I said, my favorite jockeys were um Charlie Jones and um and Venice. And then, you know, then the younger brigade came. Even um, another great jockey was, was um, Godfrey, you know. I, I remember <laughs> when Sean, when Sean around, around the corner, he then about two weeks after, he said to me, Daddy, um, you think you're the minister of sport, right? I said, yes. He said, you think you could push back the starting gate uh, at the seven and a half? a little bit i said i don't think there's much room there and um, i said but i look at it and i went to keith simmons who's the minister responsible because they started to stop it they stopped playing tennis there and um keith simmons went to me and we looked at it and um they we pushed the we could now get a seven point you know seven point eight in it sean yeah, seven point eight and and that is how that went back 
because son asked me, uh, he said, Daddy, if it goes back 10 yards, you're saving a life. Because going there with the fellas go around that corner, it's, you know, it's tough. Because they tell me that when, um, um, what's the name of um, the great jockey? Um, Holder. Um, his older. son is, um, was a jockey, good, good, good friend, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Holder um, stopped riding, they invited him and put him in the, 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 in the space where the governor general was coming on you probably all even know the one in the middle there yeah and, he was there. and apparently apparently the first race they saw was a seven and a half and when the fellas came up i went around thing he said well these fellas mad or what that's how they just go around there <laughs> he'd been doing it for 40 years <laughs> because he would not he would not have seen a lot of races himself because he ride all. I mean, he's a champion jockey, yeah. you know. So <laughs> that was fa fascinating. But yeah, I, I, I see a comment there by Godfrey Griffith. Godfrey had made a comment to say that had something to do with Mama food oh, and showing off for oh, my yeah. people from Britain's Hill. I think this is when Godfrey was talking about. Going around the paddock bank. Well, uh, uh, well, you wouldn't believe but, that. But he said Sir Wes was a writer too, a great man. I'm proud to call him a friend. God bless you, Godfrey yeah. Griffith. Well, there were jockeys, but they were big eaters as far as my mother thought. But even <laughs> Brett, I don't know if Brett, Brett remembered when he fell. Um, um, you came to see me in the hospital. In the hospital. Yes. I, but I don't know if you remember this. Um, when when I came and I came over the thing, he he jumped out of the, the uh, of the crate and then he do some hold up and he's on a I'm in a bear hug. I could not believe it. And you know, um, and I prayed for him and things like that. Um, Thank you was, for that. Was, yeah, it was a, you know, it, it looked like a ba a very bad fall, but. You know how it is, the jockeys. They 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 do recover. My mom always told me that you came to visit me in the hospital a few days yeah. later, and I held on your hand and said, "Oh, R H." Yeah. Yeah. Sir Wes <laughs> came to visit me. Yeah. You came when I came to. You were doing a lot of cussing in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> he was. <laughs> That's a fact. Well. But, but Sir Wes, all of the great work you've done over the years, especially from all of us jockeys at the Garrison Savannah, we really appreciate the example you set from your days in cricket and especially in your days in raising a son like Sean. <laughs> well, um, you know, as far as I was concerned, all the little fellas at the Garrison were my sons. Because I was quite prepared, you know, to help in any way. That's the part. I didn't, sometimes I didn't, I didn't know what way to go. But, um, you know, because Sean was, um, and Ricky were nearly of the same age and things like that. We were able, you know, from the time, and they were writing from the time they were 12. I mean, I have some pictures here with Sean and Ricky writing in the outback in St. Thomas and, and you know, and, and, and those cat rows and things like that. As a matter of fact, where we live now, <laughs> um was a, a cat road um going down to jackson and um 
you know, that's where Sean and Ricky rode, rode, rode their horses. I, I think I think it's a good thing because when you consider that you are riding horses that could pull away, only 12, 13, or 14, and, um, you know, and you're in cat roads, I mean, if you get a fall, you know, you're going to be cut up a bit. That those rocks around there. But um it was a it was a good thing. And um, you know, and that is why I feel that, you know, if you can get a, a riding school and um if you can um you know send your boys over to and girls over to the states and Canada, as you know, all of you have, have done it. But such a great work has been done by people like Ricky and, and, and all you guys who've been up there from the 80s. You know, and such a great work has been done that um, the youngsters that are going now, it's just like cricket. <laughs> you know, you know, when, when you, you, you're a great cricketer and all that sort of thing, but you know, you're getting um, five pounds a week. You know what I mean? And um, but you're still playing. And now, I mean, you look and see, you know, a fellow can get, you know, a million dollars in, 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 in five weeks and things like that, you know, and that's US. So um, the same thing would happen with, with the young jockeys. They will, you know, instead of having to, uh, you know, bet on, you know, 30, uh, 20, 25 to 30 races a, 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 a year, uh, not not races and uh, race days, um, they will be able to um, improve by, you know, being disciplined, uh, by going to work every morning and by, um, you know, getting on a horse um, often. And, you know, and when you do that, and you win some races to be as humble as possible and be as mannerly as possible and, and make real money. Now, that is what I think, um, you know, I love, I love racing, I, I love cricket, and the two of them are parallel, you know. Um, or, or some fellows um, started um, playing cricket and doing very well. Some fellows started riding and has done very well. So I think that um, what has happened in the last five or six years in North America um, should tell us that, you know, um, that the work that has been done by all of you, you know, is, is been fantastic. You know, it's not easy to leave um, Barbados and, and, and go to Canada. You know, when you go there, you don't live in a hotel, you know, sometimes you, you know, it's a little bit tough, you know, until you catch your, 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 yourself. And that happened to in, in cricket. I mean, you go to England and, you know, you're a pretty good cricketer and you go into the leagues, you know, and you, you, you're not going to be in a hotel. You're living in billets in a house, you know, and paying five pounds a, a week for that. And, and then, you know, that includes meals, but, you know, it's a little difficult to go in the north of London and tell somebody to cook rice and peas, you know, <laughs> it might look like soup to you. So <laughs> I really understand the difficulties um, people will um, will encounter. But the thing is, when you've caught your feet 
you know, and you start to ride winners and you start to make runs and things like that, you you find that you are way above the people of, you know, 15, 20, 40 years ago. This time is the time for our young fellas to get there and, um, you know, look, um, look after themselves. Because look, I, I remember I took Sean to, um, it was in Perth. <laughs> I booked it for four rides and the fella said, okay, I will take you and Sean, um, they sent us by um, uh, uh, aircraft. But let me go on this aircraft. This man brought it to the air yeah. and then I got wrong. You know, and they said, well, this going to have a heart attack. You know what happened? So I asked him, I said, listen, if you start to feel bad, what happens to Sean and I? He said, well, if I start to feel bad, two people will be feeling bad. Two people will be feeling bad. And we did not fly back on that thing. We, we went my car and took about eight hours. But the point I'm making is that um, the, the, the young fellas, um, as they, you know, they might be rookies for a year or two, but once they start to, you know, do well and, and write, um, and, and like Brett and you guys who will probably take a year or two in those days to get on, you'll probably find that um, with having um, people to, to look after them, you know, um, you know, we have a, a, a man in, in, you know, who will be looking after a lot of those youngsters, telling them what to do, how to, you know, behave themselves, you know, and make sure that they, they're not only good jockeys, and it is not only a jockey, and people could be good grooms, you could be all sorts of things that you could do, um, you know. And you want to teach the kids to be theory. respectful. That's respectful yeah. and honorable mm -hmm. and do a good job. But I went to England. I went to England when I was when I was seventeen years old, you know. And um, you 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 in a a, a a different atmosphere, you know. You're not in Britain Hill anymore. You're not in in the IP anymore. And you're not in Top Rock <laughs> in London or in in, in in North North England. And you know it's different different lifestyle and what do you do you learn to you know how to yeah. the people and, yeah. and then you see that guy come back in three years of Barbados. he's a different different man you know so that is what you need to do not just only writing and pretty writing and you have all of you have been good writers and you know if you write in Barbados, you can write anywhere you no doubt about it i agree that. I you know, and Correct. what you need to what you need to do when you start doing well, you know, don't get big headed and things like that. Don't curse people if they tell you, man, you ride a bad race. You know, what you need to do is to be humble, you know, and be good. Very and, good uh, advice. Once once you start winning races, people will bride you. That's the point. You know, if you are just Cursing people and things like that, well, you're not going to go too far. So and that happens in cricket. So it will happen in racing. You know? Well, sir, Wes, our friend Ricky Griffith made a comment. He's listening to you right now. 
from over the pond in Canada. Ricky Griffith says to thank you very much for looking after him all of, all of those years. Oh, boy. But it was reversing that was the problem <laughs> with the car. <laughs> <laughs> he said he knocked down the whole wall. Is <laughs> Ricky Griffith saying these words? <laughs> and right after Ricky Griffith saying that he knocked down the whole wall, Godfrey Griffith said that she was better at anything. We had so much fun with the kids. Thank for the good old days. And Ricky Yo. went on to say he suggested to Sean to leave town because he said <laughs> I was on his own. Well, <laughs> you know what Godfrey said? Godfrey said one of them was kissing a girl now when the car crashed. We love Ricky and, and Chris. You know, so they're um, listening to you now, Chris sir. Younger, eh? They're Chris listening was, to you right a, now. Small. And you know, it's it's a bad thing when you're about five years um you know below the fellas because when the fellas are 13, you you know, you you're still eight or nine and they're not going to take you to the little fats and things like that. So I, I, think I don't mind it's a good thing I was five years younger. If not, I might have been in the car with them. <laughs> well, that is true too. Perhaps you would have told me the truth. And yeah, you know, know I would tell you the truth. You know I would tell you yeah. the truth. Well, one of our friends wow. made a comment that Sean escaped death twice <laughs> in one day with Ricky reversing and Wes could have killed him. <laughs> but you know what? The funny thing is that what Ricky said just now. I forgot that we were plotting a plan to run away from home. <laughs> uh, I, I saw the silence. I mean, they're not kids that are silent, you know, they're always asking some You suspected something. Yeah. But wait, let me ask you this. What other man nowadays would hear that their car got hit by their kids? And go and nap before he checked out the car. <laughs> Very true, Tyler. That's what I, got. I, I, I was shocked that he went and took a nap. <laughs> he trusted them that much. You see, that's what happened, Tyler. Well, the tournament was, was just a little hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's but right. That's what Griff, Ricky said. Griffey was still going to check. Sir Wes, yeah. uh -uh. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. Wes said he'll check it later on. <laughs> no, but the thing about it was right back in those days, like me and Ricky was like my big brother to me because I was living by my dad and I was just me and my father at the time. So Ricky used to be with us all the time. And we, we used to go to a midnight kung fu movie because we used to like kung fu real bad back in them days. And we would go there at 12 o'clock at the, at the plaza. And then we make arrangements to call my father when it done. And when we have a block come, and we call my father, the phone like off the hook. It's just giving a, a busy single all the time. So we used to wait for my father for the to two o'clock, no mean three o'clock, and we realized that when this morning, yeah, <laughs> <coming>. <laughs> I remember one night we were keep walk home from town, and I think. We weren't writing yet, so we we had at least about 14 or 15. Yeah, we, we just on the verge of writing again. But I remember walking up River Road, then right up over the hill, 
And when we got home, my father fall asleep with the phone. Obviously, talking to somebody and fall asleep. But those were the good old days, man, when we used to walk everywhere. And, and, and sometimes we had a whole gang. So we had a guy that might burn it. Burping, silly, you know what I mean? And all that little group of drunk people in Trinidad, um, Chris Jowie, Gary Rampasad, Wendell Barack. Don't forget church school, Turkey. Always with Turkey in the place is proxy anywhere you go. <laughs> my mother loved Turkey. Yes. My my mother, I of all the boys, I don't know how, but my mother loved Turkey, you know. I used to stutter a bit and she didn't mind at all. She you was, sir? Well, you know, yeah. My mother loved Turkey and Turkey was a good boy. You know, it's and, funny you uh, mentioned that because about yeah. two days ago, Turkey was telling me about Sean's grandmother. Yeah. Talking to well, me about that. Yeah. Well, the, the grandmother was very strict, but um, my mom would be, you know, a little easier than, than, than my grandmother. My grandmother's pretty strict. And, but they love, she too. They, they, I don't know why. They just love Turkey, you know? And. Turkey. She used to go there and eat lunch one day daily. Yeah. I used to go there and find turkey there sitting down eating. And turkey tell me one day, he said, I mean, your grandmother is my grandmother no too. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't eat at my grandmother, but I can eat at your grandmother. So and they had a really good relationship. I mean, when Turkey got married, he brought his wife and his kids to see her long before she died and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, that generation of us, um, we were tight, man. Tight, that, tight. Was the, that was a yeah. beautiful thing back in those days. I mean, Wes became like a father figure to so much of the boys too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How much of the boys you can say Wes became a father figure to? Yeah. You know? and, and, and I was lucky that, you know, um, I, I was working at Banks Beery's and we were living in, um, you know, quite a big house and four or five bedrooms and, and you know, there was a lot of room. They were not really um, in anybody's way, you know, they would come and, you know, they would watch racing and things like that and come anytime it was open door. Yeah, because the house that we had a bedroom downstairs that was the fellas room. Yeah. So anybody with, if I was on home or anybody home, you, no, any of the gang was you know, come home, thank guys, they're sleeping and that kind of stuff. And so, the thing about it is that they were very mannerly boys. I mean, I can't think of anybody who was you know out of order or anything like that. And um, it was it was good. Um, you know, if they come, you know, there will be something to eat or something to be to drink or. We'll go get some food first, or we'll buy some food and things like that. And it means that they didn't have to rush home and and they will watch the 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 races. Uh, you know, and I think it was it was a good thing. You know, when you get boys um like that and you get them into 14, 15, 16, 17, and they can be, you know, mannerly and they were the, the reason why they were at my house is the fact that they were very decent guys. You know, because you you're not going to tolerate people who will be coming to your place, and um, you know, and be like that. You know, so, but Sir Wes, yeah, 
Godfrey Griffith is saying that this is the first time he hear the real car story. Ricky, Godfrey had a walk home. <laughs> they told me go tell Godfrey. <laughs> oh, so the truth come out now. A lot of the that, truth coming out now. No, Ricky talking about when we had a walk home for the cinema. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. We, we used to do that. Yeah. I mean, and that, this is midnight show. We go to you know, we used to go to midnight show at the plaza. So that then most probably by one thirty, and then when you see my father, when he was walking. Godfrey Griffith said Sir Wes was a jockey in Trinidad. <laughs> Tell me about that, that story, yeah. sir. When, when, when you were, did they even look at jockey when you see the jockey in Indian Red Elvis? Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't know. I think that wherever we went, um, we, we were more or less friends with um, the, the people there. Like Joe Hattie, for instance, became a very very great trainer and when i first went to trinidad he was just a, a, a someone who loved uh, racing um, but he, he turned out to be one of the best uh, ever uh, trainers in trinidad and uh, yeah. both charlie and god and um and venice rode for him for years you know and um i find that you know when when we first went down there um, Sean knew a lot of boys in the, in the training school, especially Ram Sammy and, and the, 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 what the, the guy that fell and hurt his back, Sean. Um, but, you know, Juan Charles and that's all guys. Juan Charles and all these guys, you know, and um, it was a, a good thing to see these boys grow from, you know, 15, 16, 20 to 22 and, and doing well. So I, I had a lot of, um, pleasure. And seeing them, you know, growing to a manhood and and doing well, and you know, you always feel that you, you've achieved something, um, you know. And I always say that um, the the we don't have any any um, school in Barbados, but I must admit that uh, they have the boys. If even when they start, they're not really, you know, good. You find that um, they learn very quickly, and um, you know, it isn't a bicycle; it's a horse, you know, that has a way. You know, you you are all jockeys, and you know that when a horse gets mad, I mean, you know, anything can happen, you know. And I seen Sean had some very bad. And uh, one time he, I met to. Toronto, and he's there lying down, and a horse had turned around and go the wrong way, and bam, and go ten feet in the air or something like that. These things could happen, you know. And um, you you have to have the the tenacity to sort of you know recover and do it again, because as a jockey you cannot feel that because you had one fall you you won't stop. If you want to do that, will stop. But I mean, if you're that scared, all the great jockeys I know, uh, from the time they, they, they fall, you know, they, they tend to try to get better. I look at um, the, uh, um, our friend Sean and um, the, the last one that had to fall. Um, I came here 
Um, Rocco. Rocco. You know, there was this guy, um, and we found out that he had two collarbones broken. But he was there, and he you can see that all he wants to do is to get better and get back on those horses, you know? And that's the attitude you must have, you know? Correct. And, and, and some, most, most times you fall, it is not your fault. That's the point, you know? You can get a real bad injury and it isn't your fault, you know? But you, you have to sort of um, understand the, you know, the vagaries of uh, what what is going on. And it happens, I mean, cricket is the same thing. You know, you, I, 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 but at the age of 29, 29, 30, I was the leading wicket uh, taker ever in, 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 in cricket. And I ran up to bowl a ball and in, in New Zealand, the wickets were soft, soft. And when you, everybody pumped in in the same spot and my foot went in that and bam, and I fell. And Charlie Griff said, Wes, get up. I said, boy, I can't move. The skipper can Wes, get up. I said, skipper, I can't move. You know, get 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 the people to come for me. They came with a stretcher, and I never bowled another ball. Okay. You know, you're only 29. You know, and back problems, you know, and you you find that um as I, I said yesterday to a crowd that um and it's, it, it is true with, with 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 cricket and racing, and that you know, they, in my view, you know, the human body was not designed for express fast bowling, you know, and um, because you have to be so fit, you know, you run twelve miles a day, <laughs> that's tough, you know what I mean, and you you're going to if you do that, you're going to develop uh, muscles in the right places. And, um, you know, when your career is over, that muscle will go, you know, and it's just like jockeys. I mean, a jockey would be, you know, 110, 120 and things like that. But after riding, you know, he's 40 and 50, he could go up to 160, 170, you know, because everybody... Or 80. Or 80. <laughs> you know, it's a fact. You're right. You know, but the point is that you have to be disciplined, you know, and um, you, if, if you are dis disciplined, you know, you will make it, you know. But, and another thing, in Barbados, it's all right to say that, um, you know, you, 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 they're not disciplined, but the point is, <laughs> it's not that at all. Um, you, you'll find that to lose weight, you don't have any, any apparatus in the in, in the jockey's room in Barbados, you gotta go down Bashiba with um you know layers of of um of plastics and then you know when you squeeze it like that. See these young fellas doing that and they say, Oh boy, I lost five pounds or something like that. You know, but if you go to a place like Canada or the States, you know, you don't have that problem. You know, you can you can go and, and, and look after your weight, you know, and and, and you know, but sometimes think. these difficulties make us that much better than everyone else. Exactly. Don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> but you, you starve yourself for a whole week, 
And then he said, the night, I used to see Shaw do that. I can't eat during the week at all. I can't eat during the week. And then Friday night, after the races, you go and put on 10 pounds. You know what I mean? Right. And, then start, and then start sweating again from Monday. That's all the thing, you know? But if you're racing every day, you know, you might not ride, you might not ride every day, but at least in races, but you, 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 you ride and work and things like that. And suddenly your body, you know, get accustomed to that. And you, you, you know, you, you can look at your weight and, and, and deal with it, you know, but if you're in Barbados and, you know, the best thing to do is eat some cocoa flourish, you know. But I think, I think what you're saying, a perfect example would be, um, Jet Li and Kevar Nichols, because yeah, they were two guys who were excited writers. I look at them now; they write exactly. very often, and they're light. Exactly. You see, the point is when you when you write in a, a like um, uh, our friend, when you write in a good good stable, you're riding the best horses in the country, you know. But you're riding you're riding them exercise. What happens is. When you sit on the best horses, you know, and you 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 experience, you know, horses that could 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 um, you know while they're they they're fight along from home, they're so easy, you know, they're so easy, in their 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 stride, that you yourself as a rider will learn that. You see, you don't have to be jumping all over horse every 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 mile. As you know, you you want to be, get him on the bit, and and and, and when you're ready to move, you move. But some boys they sit on such good horses that they learn. You know that's why um, when they uh, go on to to ride, it might be ten years after they've been uh, doing another job. But you will find that they, you know, they they know good horses, and then they, if if, if you are on a horse, and you your horse is doing better than the others, um, you, you know, you 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 were in living. When I was when I was in politics, I remember I was going so hard, you know, every night, you know, you're walking and you're speaking on platforms and all that, and then Sean came in and said to me, Daddy. Are you and you leading this man? I say yes. I think so. I, I I'm leading him. He said, "Well, if you're leading him, don't kill yourself. It's just like a horse. I mean, if I ride on a horse and the fella is, I am on the inside, and and he's on the outside. He has to go around me. You understand? And it doesn't mean that I don't go five lengths in front of him. A piece of paper might fly across and kill every wake up everybody. So you know. And I said. But I can't believe that this boy who's 16, 15 or 16 years could have that sort of, um, uh, you know, ability to tell me who is about 30 years over anything. And I didn't particularly know that. And I did exactly what he said. You know, I went down to work and think that, but I didn't kill myself anymore because I knew I was in front and I needed to just make sure that I don't fall off, and that's that's his end. And he was only a little boy riding uh, about 16, 17 or so. And he's saying, if I'm there and I go in bed with this fella, well, 
you know, he got a lot of problems. So that, as I see it, um, you guys have done so much. And I, I think that you, you, you mustn't feel that um, your work has gone for nothing. You can look back and see, uh, or look forward now, and, and see um, that the, that little boy, and that, um, what's his name, John? Uh, Patrick, you can oh. Patrick called me one day. My sure. I said, I want to show you something. And I said, okay. And I went in this house. This little daddy calling. He said, get up there. And he went on the veranda rail. And he had the whip in his hand. And he said, go on now. And the boy started going and going and had it. And I could not believe it. I see the boy do so the, 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 the stick in his hand and, 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 and twist him. I could not believe that. I said, how old is he? Is he? Is he? I think he's the same fellow that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's Micah. Huh? It's, it's Micah Dubber. Yes, I think. I think you know. So when a boy has that ability, you know, and 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 he progressed um, on a, a decent uh, rate, it is this is mine now that is important. What he does. You see, you know, but you know, when, when Patrick showed me this guy, I, I, I was, you know, I, was, I couldn't believe it. And Leroy, Leroy, Leroy is now. Leroy is now, Leroy is now in charge of him. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure that Leroy, from what I see of Leroy, will not only be trying to get rice for him. I think that he'd be ready to to speak to him and make sure he's all right. Because a little a little success can do a lot to the the, the, the mind if, if if you don't have anybody to look after you. I, I really mean that. I, I, I am very as I see strong friends come, like I did not know um our friend. And you know, I was so pleased to meet that guy, you know, and to see um his demeanor, how he Talking about Rocco. Rocco, yes. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know a lot of the others, but they're doing well too. But if I see one, and I know that he is that type of example, well, I believe that, you know, not everybody is, but you'll probably find that um, fellas would understand up here is not home, boy. You know what I mean? You, you can, <laughs> if you live thirty miles from from the track, you, you can't run up there. You know, you have to have a car. So that is it. And if you, if you, when you first go, you're not going to have a car. You got to, you got to, somebody's going to put you up. You know what I mean? Or you, you, and when you get out of that, everybody has done it. So when you get out of that, you'll find that, you know, you'll be a better person. And, I, and that's the reason why when I see Sean, um, with these young fellas going up to, they are very lucky to have you, all of you, who, um, you know, you've seen it hard. There's no doubt about it, but it didn't kill you. You know, when I went to England, you know, it, it, was, it was funny. When, when I, I went to Blackpool and um, the fellas went into the fish and strip shop. My grandmother was a serious woman. I cannot be on the road and eat. 
There's no way me and my brother could eat on the road. And the father then buy the fish set and gave me one. And I see them eating the fish in the road. And I can do that. And I was a big man because I wasn't aware that, you know, that's what people do. My grandmother would never allow me to eat in the road. She said, you let you get home. And, you know, that might be taking it a bit far, but that is how she was. You know, and the thing is that I found it very hard as a big man and the everybody eating and I find it hard to do that. So that the the the, the opposite is also true. You know, that if it is bad instead of good, that will also put you in trouble. Yeah. So I think that what you all need to do is to keep on talking to these fellas. Some of them are not going to listen to you. Uh, until they get in trouble, you know. But I think that uh, from what I see with Barbarians, I, I see sometimes Barbarians win five races. Give me a break. You know what I mean? That is fantastic. You know, so uh, I'm not only saying so because I'm Sean's father, but I'm saying so because I, I like the idea of youngsters migrating and, you know, beating the odds. As I had to do in England, you know, you you you're, you're living in digs, you know, and you, you you're going to shower, and you don't want the water to splash over there for the landlady going to tell the fellas that black fellow that they don't know um, how to even bathe. Although we are the one bathing every day. But twice a day. <laughs> well, sir, that's well, sir, years old man we bathing twice a day. We you right. know that too. You know, well, Sir Wes, do you yeah. remember a jockey named Timothy Murray? <coughs> yeah, I know, he, I know of him, yeah. He says, good night, Sir Wes. He would love to hear a bit about Michael Holden's involvement in horse racing. Oh. Can you tell us more about Michael yes. Holden's involvement? Michael, yeah, Sean knows about that too. I mean, Michael loves horses, and um, he lives in, he has a house in Newmarket. He's a very good friend of um, a Barbadian um, trainer, so Michael Stout. So Michael Stout. Huh? So Michael Stout. Um, so Michael actually is in. He he is in. You know he lives. It's a, a rare compound with horses, 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 and that's where he, he has a house there and, and, and he loves horses. And, um, you know, um, you'll probably find that when you have a, a trainer and he's your best friend, he doesn't really want to, you to indulge in, 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 in betting a lot because he fears that he, you might lose. But Michael is a steady boy. He knows what's going on. And um, he's done very well. Very well. Very good, friend. Yeah. Great. And Godfrey Griffith is making a comment again that he rode many more times weak than he rode strong. <laughs> Ten pounds in a race morning was the way he would start his day. Losing the way, the old-fashioned way. Yeah. I, I think um, Raquel says she had something to say. Raquel? Um, well, I just wanted to comment about uh, when you were talking about um, the jockey, Sean and Ricky training in the cart roads. 
And while you were talking about that, I was remembering Eddie Bell telling me stories of, you know, him wanting to be a jockey and he would be in the cart roads. And even when he was up at Body Hill training the horses, that's the kind of routine that he did. And for me, when you have a, a foundation where you start rough, instead of, you know, you, you on in a cart road, can't feel anything can happen, a mongoose could come out, a monkey, anything like that. And you're still able to maintain your composure. Yes, you have falls, yes, you know, but you know, you, it makes you tougher, it makes you stronger. And as you guys rightly said, you can ride anywhere. And I think that we Bajans have the best jockeys in the world. And that's just my opinion, because we have heart and we aren't afraid of a horse bucking or behaving badly or anything like that. We don't jump off. No. We cracks. It straighten up and we gone. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. But what 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 I'm saying is that the chart road mentality of writing is still alive and well here about this from what I've been seeing a few fellas posting videos. Yeah, on Instagram and correct. Once you master being a chart road jockey, everything you ready. Yeah, because what happened is, right, when you're in the cat road, like you said, there's no, you see a mongoose, you see rabbit, you see mm -hmm. uh, a passerby, just blow, you know what I mean? So much crazy things is happening out there, and the thing is, it's not the call, because sometimes you're like two miles away from home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you don't want to walk two miles. But if you fall, <laughs> the horse can find it way home, you got to walk. That's, that's exactly what happened. If you so, if you can walk. <laughs> You had some of those days? Oh, yeah. Me and Slade. Oh, yeah. You had some cart road days. Once you, once you can ride in a cart road, you can ride anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. 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 That, that's why even like, even like, for example, like, you know, Sean, you was talking about Slade Jones the other day. Like, yes. I remember when I when I first see him, right? Mm -hmm. And I called John on Messenger. And I said, John, I watch your son ride. I said, he looked like, you know, like he actually going to be a very serious rider. I said, mm -hmm. don't keep him in Barbados It's too long. Not knowing how young he was. I didn't know yeah. he was 15 at the time. That was last yeah. year. And yeah. John said, you know, that was the only reason he didn't let him come yet. So mm -hmm. when I see him come here, what he's doing now, yeah, it don't surprise me one bit. Yeah, yeah. He, it, It's no surprise to me at all that he's doing as well as he's doing because once you get the foundation of riding yeah. and, and once you can handle the garrison, when you get here, right, this track, these tracks are here so easy to ride compared mm -hmm. to riding in Barbados. And all you need once you get here is the opportunity. That's yeah. it. For me, watching him, how he transit the transition to, and that's a short space of time, what yeah. he's picked up and what he does. Because, I mean, I watch him, you know, for half a mile on a horse. Where he slows the pace down, it's yeah. unbelievable how easy he gets it done and get a horse to relax on the near him. Yeah, once you can, the, the riding part is the, is the easy part. It, yeah. It's still, the technical aspects of racing, he still have to learn. Yes. The, the physical ability, once you can ride the, once you can ride the garrison, yeah. you're not no problem riding yeah. Yeah, none of these But tracks. you know why, Chris, Leroy, um, Sean said it as well. You know, Slade Jones used to be a ninja warrior. Yeah. yeah. Doing yeah. those ninja wars with big men and stuff. So he was talented athletically, I not either. only riding. I think he's a super athlete. Yeah. 
a freak. I need a freak type of person. Let me just say this: that when a boy um, raising him in a house with a grandfather that was, you know, a, 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 a legend, a, a legend. legend, and his father that was a legend too. You yeah. see, because Charlie was not only a, a great jockey. Charlie really loved riding. <laughs> you know, those who had to ride against him know that. You see, and and John o would have stopped riding long before his holiday. So when he mentioned mentioned him, when the youngster came along, he had a grandfather and a father that you know he he he, he would say, if I do the right thing, I can do by him. As a matter of fact, he has, he has actually done better. Um, then, then, yeah. um, then his father in terms of winning races, yeah, because yeah. I heard it in, in, in John O's, um, when he, when you all were interviewing him, John O said that he also said that he won't race before John O. My father, my father, the jeans are here, oh man, if I get the chance, and, and another thing too. You know, when and, and the, the, the other little boy too that uh, you have, you know, you'll be surprised. I mean, and he, what what he has done already next year, you will be surprised to see. Not I mean, you are not going to be surprised because you you fellows know, but people will then hear about him next year um, in a very serious way. You know, and that's what happens when you 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 have kids that have a lot of promise, but the background is there. They know my grandfather was great, my father was great, and you see me, I will do the same thing. But you know- well, what you know, Daddy? Well, you know, go ahead, Chris, go ahead, Chris. You know, um, Sarah, Sarah Jones, Slade Jones' mom, you know, she was she was a hell of a writer too, you know? A yeah, lot yeah. of people don't know that, yeah. but that girl can ride horses. Yeah, she's jump. She, she, she was like, a good jumper. When she was younger, she was fearless, right? Yeah. Right, you know, from up big C. Mm -hmm. From up big C, yeah. Very, very good rider. But her mom had her learn from baby as well. Yeah, she was riding from the time she could walk, too. So mm -hmm. he, he getting it from, from Charlie oh, and, from and from his mom. <laughs> yeah. If he decided to play tennis, something would have been wrong. Yeah. 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 All right. yeah. But I asked my father this and no. Because we're talking about we talking about pedigree and, and the family thing. So what happened to me? Um, <laughs> you get, well, what happened to me? How many horses? Are you you know big black star, six foot two, weight two hundred and pounds? Yeah, but oh, you have to remember, Sean. When you were a boy, you were on a um riding in the house um you will get on that cycle thing before you go walk all around the place you know i said this boy he like he can ride here and the thing is that it is what 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 has been thrown to you um there are hundreds of um west indian players and it is ridiculous really um that there are not many West Indian cricketers whose sons follow them. Um you find the great Hedley, his son, 
um, played maybe two games for the West Indies, and then his son played for England. But call me, call another one, not one. You can't call another one. Um, so Everton Week's son, um, Andy, was as good as anybody that I've seen when he was 12, 13, 14, 15. But somehow um, in cricket, they seem to think, well, you know, boy, give me a hard time because my father was a great and be telling me and, and and you know they always um putting me up with my father and things like that. and the youngsters have not played and isn't it um funny that only in the Headley family that you see um West Indian cricketers you know um doing it they they don't um they don't follow their fathers they don't get David Murray well yes David Murray, um, definitely. Um, but you know, that's the only one. But yeah, that is true. But you know, I think that when you, you know, are a young person, and um, you see, David did not live um, in Everton's house and things like that, and you know, and that might make him more de determined to do well. But you live in your father's house and you know and you like something else you would probably say you know look, if i get a play they can say because i'm his son mm. you know that that would happen no. what i could say is though daddy is that look at ricky and chris you know what i mean so i think it's i think the jockey people seem to do it better than the it doesn't happen in racing it doesn't happen in racing because if you look and see it throughout history um young jockeys have fought have followed their father in, in, in the saddle mm. that's brothers. what i'm saying we don't have any history as a nation where of uh our youngsters follow us but but it is not true with with with, with um the other sports mm. so um and but sean you you know that when you went to races at combermere um you were never going to the you had massive rang me and complained. I said, Sean Hall won two races on Saturday and 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 and, and he stoops in and saying that boy don't really he don't come to to to, to the to the um thing. I was late every day for first that he does really the way. I never made it in time. Well that's it, you see? But no, you you look at some other games, um the kids come along in the atmosphere where they're expected to go with uh, uh, the family. Look at, look at motor racing, you know? Huh? Look at athletes, athletics. Um, those are only two um, things. Look at, um, in, in America, um, when they're playing basketball. Basketball. Basketball and things like that, you know what I mean? But in cricket, it hasn't happened. And we've been playing cricket now for 200 years. So if it didn't happen in two years, I don't think it happened at all. But, but daddy, I would have to say then it's a West Indian problem more so because they got a lot of English, Australian, got youngsters who want to play for their country. But yeah, but you know, you see what has happened to um, when when I when I was a young boy, I you have to you have to get a scholarship. To go to Harrison College, Cumberland, or Lodge, or anything like that, you have to get a scholarship. Why? 
because your mother can't pay eight dollars to send you to Carmel and things like that. So you gotta get a scholarship. So if you don't get a scholarship, well, it doesn't, you know, you're not gonna make it. Today, every boy and girl in Barbados will sit 11 plus and get into school. So that is what happens, you know. Everybody that wants to study can go to university. <laughs> in my time, to go to university, I'll go to Jamaica, you know, or go to London or something like that. So that things have changed. And, um, you know, our children, um, you know, in cricket, they don't really aspire to, to, to follow their father, you know. But in, in other games, you'll probably find that it happens, you know. First of all, in, in writing, I mean, if, if, if your father is a jockey and you, your weight is okay, you will, you will um, try to write. If, if you are a big fella, bigger than your father or anything like that, well, then you will know that you can't write, you know. Or that you, you will know that by the time you get 25, you will, um, you, you, you won't be racing anymore, you know. And, and you, you know, you, your weight has not gone up to 170 or anything like that. That's the whole problem. So I think that um, we need in a game like racing, um, if the, um, the, the fathers uh, are jockeys, you could bet your life that that kid might come along and like riding. That's it, because riding is a, uh, something that people love to do. The, the Queen God rest her soul. You know, whenever she can get away from the rigors of, of you know, in, a, in, 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 in Buckingham Palace, she'll go up to in the country and ride horses, you know, go to Ascot and things like that. Since you it, mentioned the Queen, how much time do you, you've met this lady? I met the, well, I, I'm, I met the Queen in uh, three, three times as a cricket, as a player, and once as a manager, and then I met her three times as a minister of government. So I, 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 I met her seven times. So that means you're always pals. <laughs> you know, um, well, well, I used to wonder why, why would they meet you three and four years apart, perhaps five? And they could, you know, they just don't say hello, good morning, and go on. You you'll see someone always following, especially Prince Philip, following. And he, for instance, in in two thousand and um, in nineteen ninety three, um, I when he said, "How oh, are you going?" I said, "Oh, I tell you, this cricket boy was giving me a lot of problems. I, I think this is my last tour." Last tour. Now in 1966, it's only three years after I already got dead. When the man told me, okay, you, you told me three years ago there's the last tour. Now you're in, you know, you're, you're in your pride. You're, you're pride. And I did not know, it puzzled me how he would be able, as you, you were saying, Sean, how he do it. You know how? The man that, was, that walks alongside him, he got a, a, a record in here. And what he asked you, and you answer, he can meet you three years from now, look at that, and it helps. You know, if not, it would be tedious.
to make people shake your hand and say good morning. You need to be able to say something to them that, you know, make them feel very comfortable. Because if you had to meet the queen or the prince or the, or the king, you know, don't care who you are, you'll probably be a little bit, you know, you, 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 I think that you will probably be a little nervous. But, well, I, I don't think you know, because speaking to Eddie Grant, he told me that you were one of his heroes, and the reason why you were one of his heroes is that when royalty met you, they used to bow to you. Is that true? Then who? Royalty. <laughs> I was frightened for you. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't be looking for that, so I wouldn't see it. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know what they do. Um, you know, um, you if like if you're a minister in government, mm -hmm. um, you could say, um, you could say, well, I'd really love to, to thank you and your countrymen for being very good to Barbados by coming to us. Mm -hmm. And you know, it means now that. Um, England now have more people coming to Barbados than America, and this is only happening here. So I'm very happy, Your Your Majesty. You know what I mean? Oh, so that's what you said. So that's what you said, Delhi. Yes, no. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we go more with Delhi. Yeah, but that is the thing. You, you, you. When you get okay, into, but that, all right, but that is when you were playing. Oh, so when, when, you, when you were a minister of government, but when you were always in the battlefield looking to kill men, on the, what, what you used to tell them then? I don't kill anybody. Let me tell you, I have never in my life had a, an altercation with an opposing player. I have never in my life bowled a boxer at a tail ender. It meant that I, I probably you know miss having another 40 out but um you know i've never done that because i have seen a lot of great players get hurt when i hit them with a the ball but and i feel that a man who cannot bat if i hit him i've seen, and, I've and, seen and, he, and he dies what will happen i've seen videos though you plotting with charlie river to let don't kill enders though <laughs> no, no. I, i'm not doing that i don't no. know i i, I saw it myself then okay the man so said, let me, let me interrupt said, huh? let me guys say when charlie river bowled the bouncer he said oh here he's down there discussing it with west hall that englishman is a uh, hundred yards away and he he doesn't know what what's happening. That, that what what happens is um, if Charlie is bowling, and I don't I, I don't bowl I don't I am never near the bat. I am a boundary feeler. Okay, I'm on the boundary, and if for instance Charlie used to bowl in swingers. I don't know if everybody understands that the ball comes in from outside the off stump. Everybody's playing cricket as best in it. So the ball comes in from outside your step to you. I used to go the other way. So I would not be telling him anything about, about, about um, tail enders, but if it was a great player, I'd be telling him, well, look, um, you, you, have to, you have to go middle to off. It's coming into you. Whereas I will be going from leg to the other way. And we, 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 you'll be surprised to know how when you're playing, um, you, you you will get so many people telling you you know what to do you know and for instance um writing 
if you're riding a race, I assume, I, I never ride in a race, but I assume that you as a jockey will know, you will look to see who are your, you know, you, you, who, the, who are the dangerous people in the race. Mm. And you will you'll be, you'll be targeting them. When Hamilton go to, to do writing, he'll be looking for the people that he knows, you know, are, are, are likely to beat him. If um, you're a 100-yard sprinter or even a long-distance runner, you'll be looking at A, B, and C, that you think. So what I'm saying is, you tie, as a jockey, you know very well that if you were riding in a race with Charlie Jones, don't care why you're riding, you'll be looking to see where he is. You understand? And not only him, but Brandon Switchers, or any of you young fellas who have taken up the mantle. So, okay. you know, Sean, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, for games. I am for games. And and that is the reason why I like racing. And I like um, athletics. I like Formula One racing. And they're all speed. You know, and, and, and that is it. Mm. Okay, well, let, let's one thing. You know that, that video we watched with the guy talking about the, the, the guys are graveling? Remember um, that video? So so what you gotta say about that one then? Well, I would say just what happened. <laughs> that, that, that having said that, England lost a loss <laughs> both ways. They got a lot of blows and they get me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Listen. All right. It's, it's eleven o'clock here now, so it's time to wrap this up. <laughs> well, I, must, I must admit that I was a very a little bit nervous. I, I I've spoken in many fora, and you know I preached many a sermon, but I was a little nervous tonight because you know I didn't know what would happen. See. So, all you to do to read the first half an hour. You've done well, sir. <laughs> Thank you for giving us your time, sir, Wes. That's all right. That's fine. Thank all you very right. much. Raquel, you had a few comments quickly. Um, yes, I just want to give, um, well, to let everyone know that we had some trainers, owners, and jockeys that did really well this season. Uh, we had Eddie Bell. Um, with uh, Shake Them Up Noble and Rite of Passage. Yeah, Rite of Passage with his two wins apiece. We've had Khadija, who's done very well, uh, Rashad Knights, Kenny John, all of those. And I mean, there's so many of them that did really, really well this season. And we just want to continue, well, wish you continued success. And we hope to see more from you mm -hmm. in the next season, the future, whatever the case may be. And, yeah, and you do a little up. bit of showing off. You hold on. I have to show off my mug, my hurricane mug. Oh, Lord. Yes. <laughs> Chris Ashby from Racing Scene. Can you see it? Can you see yes. it? Yes. Good. So if you guys need any memorabilia. Do it again. Show it again. Show it again. Know you're a big. Indie. It's got my name on it. Yes. Hi. And, you know. Brilliant. So, anybody nice. needs anything, you can look for him all right thanks so thank you for having me so thank you Raka. it was wonderful seeing you and hearing you thank you Dave. all you other wonderful handsome men 
Thank you so much, Raquel, and we look yeah, forward to seeing you in the future. All right, Raquel. Chris? Yeah. Mike, you're next Mike. up to the podium. You say your battery boat today. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I counting down. I just want to say, Wes, Sir Wes, it was good seeing and hearing you again. Thank and you. It was a lot of fun listening to you. Thank you. I get tired of listening to Sean. I got right to the real deal now. Yeah. <laughs> the real hall. He's been yeah, in the real hall. Cut out the middle hall. <laughs> don't talk so don't, don't say that about you man <laughs> he, he can take it man he, he can take it. we got to we punches that he will we can right away yeah i know that i know this daddy i know this daddy he's very vicious with you sometimes like, yeah there you yeah, go we you, got to yeah. us when we can you, right you must have to be reciprocate but he's a big guy big guy's dumb size i agree with you sean <laughs> but he, but you know, at the same time, what I have to say, you've raised yourself a wonderful young man there, and it's a pleasure being here. Uh, here. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a, a part of his um, crew. So yeah. you've Thank you. You've done yourself a wonderful job. So a lot of tools to you, too. Thank you. So, Thank you very right? much. And it's been a pleasure seeing you. I haven't seen you in so many years, and to know that you're still fighting the battle with, with us up on, on top of the earth. Yeah. So, and I wish you all the best for the rest of the, you know, time that you're here thank you very much all right thank you so much service uh, from the entire team at journeys mm -hmm. we wish you all the best god bless thank all you right. very much all right guys guys chris thanks for coming in chris and helping us out and uh, we'll see you in the future all right Leroy, sean it's been great we had a great um show we yes. got one or two some Man, we got to record those comments from Dan as well for our sponsors, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but those are words that he shared with us, but we're not tooting our home, but we're doing pretty good. And we want so. other to invite other people to come and support our show. Yes. Um, we want to do great things. We want to promote great products. We want to promote great places. Um. Let's keep it going. We invite all of our listeners to like and share our YouTube channel, our Facebook posts. And we look forward to seeing everyone in the future. And Good luck to everybody. <laughs> good luck to everybody. Go. That's a good one, Brett. Always. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks to all of our listeners and our crew. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Peace out. <laughs>